from magical movies. All it takes is faith and trust. Oh, and something I forgot. To unforgettable adventures. Well, once there was a princess. I'm an outlaw, that's what. That's no life for a lovely lady always on the run. From the thrill of the theater to the comfort of your home. Do you want to build a snowman? Or ride our bike around the home? I don't care how you kill the little beast, but do it! And do it now! You can always count on something new from Disney. That's why they call me Thumper. For the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your stuff. Look, have I got it? The magic feather. Now you can fly. Ohana means family. Just a sec. Buzz, will you get up here and give me a hand? <laughs> That's very funny. I'm taking you to someplace pretty special. You won't find him here. <laughs> the king has returned. Join us for discussion and commentary as we open the Disney Vault with your hosts, Steve Glosson and Teresa Delgado. Hello and welcome to the most magical podcast on the internet. This is Disney Vault Talk, but you know that because you downloaded us, and we're so glad you did. We're happy to have you along with us as on this episode we talk about one of the biggest hits in Disney franchise in a Disney franchise for a long, long time. We're talking Frozen. Can't wait to get into it, but of course, to do so, we can't just have me because let's be honest, this movie. I absolutely didn't realize existed until about a year after it was out. So we'll talk more about that as we get into the discussion. But to get in the discussion, we have to bring in the heart and soul of Disney Vault Talk. Of course, I'm talking about the, you know her best as the lovely, the powerful. Wait, I got it wrong. Dadgummit. Hold on. Hold on. Everybody. Listen, listen to me. Listen to me get the listen to me get the intro right. She's the heart and soul of Disney Vault Talk. She's the lovely. She's the talented. She is the powerful. Teresa Delgado. Hello, Teresa. She has her mic muted. No, I don't. I just the music was still kind of loud. Oh, I'm so sorry. I was like, is it me? I'm no, it's it's all me. But here it comes back. Hello, Teresa. Oh, Steve. We're talking Frozen tonight. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. I know you're like, excited. I, I don't know why I'm so excited, but I'm so excited. Well, I'll take you back to the year was 2015, I believe. And we were in Austin, Texas, driving around. And uh, someone put on some music. And in the back seat, there were three little children who began to sing along with the song. <laughs> And uh, and I myself had to actually Instagram said singing along 
because I was kind of, I was left out for I do not know the songs as well as you do. So we had to bring on someone who knows and loves this music just as much as you do. Ladies and gentlemen, you may know him from a little project he calls the uh, Star Wars Report. Through the years, he's called himself the founder, the owner, the editor, the operator, the host. We're just proud to call him friend. Stepping in from a galaxy far, far away to discuss a kingdom that is all iced up. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Riley Blanton. Hello, Riley. What's up, Steve? How's it going, man? Uh, well. <laughs> Riley, is it is it true that you're doing the low-end vocals on that particular song right there? Are you the one that went, yeah. A little, yeah, little known secret fact is like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's just me right there. <laughs> and Don't you love the new, like, wrestling, like, walkout entrance music that we have? <laughs> Dude, Teresa, listen. I Just hearing Steve go... It's amazing, and I, I just want at some point some wrestling arena and them to just take a brief break from the, the, the punching and then just let Steve introduce some actual podcasters with microphones or we'll just, like, run out on... I feel like I should be running onto the center square. I just think it's cool. It's, it's a great thing. It's fun times. Yes. I think it's funny that you said punching because if I were you, I would have chosen, like, suplexing, like, a, or Bo- another term. Body slamming, drop kicking. Body slamming, yeah. clotheslining. Irish whipping. Hurricane Ronnie. Yeah, well. The people's elbowing. <laughs> but yeah, the people's elbowing, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, guys, I'm so excited to be here. I- I'm ready to finish each other's sandwiches. I don't know about you guys. Hey, I'm right there with you. You know, I finished my own sandwich. Thank you very much. Well, that's what I was going to say, Steve. I don't mean to rain on. I'm sorry. Oh, I, oh you, are you saying I stole your joke? Is that what no, you're saying? I'm, I'm quoting frozen lyrics. That's what I'm doing. I know, but when I said when I said I finished my own sandwiches, you're like, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, because that's a frozen line. Uh, oh, it's it's, it's, a, it's a great start. I missed Here that. We one. Go. Yeah, hey guys, guess what? Guess what? Steve is going to Teresa. You remember when we did Wreck It Ralph? Oh, yeah, that's basically what this episode is. That's that's about what's going to happen with old Steve tonight. So um, this is what we call Teresa's payback. <laughs> <laughs> and Teresa, I'll tell you what else we didn't discuss. Mm. E- emails. Oh, they're written right there. Oh, great. Fantastic. Look at there. Sure enough. All right. Well, then let's do it. Let's get into them. How about that? Mm-hmm. When you mail a letter, you can send it anywhere. On foot, by truck, by aeroplane, the postman gets it there. So write a letter to a friend, maybe she'll write you. No matter what, you always know the mail must go through. We need those letters. From General Lee, dear son, we're waiting for the Huns at the pass. It would mean a lot if you'd come and back us up. Oh, can you read this? There's no pictures. Then I'll put that flea in a box, and then I'll put that box inside of another box, and then I'll mail that box to myself. And when it arrives, ah! All right. Well, Teresa, Matt Marks, shall I? Yep. All right. He says, hey, Teresa, Steve, and guest. By the way, Teresa, we've got to have a cleaning out the mailbag episode. Oh, yeah, we do. We uh, really do. <laughs> considering there's one in there from January. Um, 
It's been a long time coming, hasn't it? Who would have guessed years ago that I'd be so excited about Disney Vault Talk doing an episode about Frozen? The answer is Teresa. Teresa would have guessed. You know, it's true. I didn't think about that Matthew Marks is the one person who hates this movie who, who is, I mean, like, even back in the early days of Disney Vault Talk was telling us how stupid it was and how much he hates it, absolutely despises it. Am I quoting him correctly? Sort of. Okay. that's not true anymore. Okay. I'll get to the non, I'll get all the non-frozen stuff out of the way first, he says. On the last episode, you mentioned Winchell's Donuts. And it sparked a memory. Those were the donuts we used to have after church when I was growing up. I don't remember ever seeing the donut shop itself, just the boxes in the church basement. So apparently Winchell's Donuts is, or was, a thing in Kansas. Also, it was great to hear Shaz Bazaar on the last episode, that being the Wreck-It Ralph episode, actually. I actually, quote, uh, or parentheses, finally, close parentheses, started listening to Techno Retro Dads after hearing Shaz guest star on Gulliver's shows, open parentheses, and write great parody songs, close parentheses, so many times. Good stuff, Shaz and Schwa. Since my last email, I've gotten a chance to see Tangled Before Ever After and the first season of Tangled, the series. I really liked it. The only negative, I think, would be that I didn't like what they did with the character of the king, but he's a pretty minor character so far, so it doesn't bother me too much. The show is definitely a kid's show, and each episode is mostly standalone. The structure tends to be, in this episode, character X learns about Y. But the characters themselves are great, and the voice talent is top-notch. Oh, and Steve, one of the episodes utilizes the Goofy Yell. So the show's got that going for it. The Goofy Yell, you, you talking about this, Matt Marks? <laughs> love it. <laughs> so I love it. Every time. Now that Moana is on Netflix, I was finally able to see it. They, did, they really did something magical with the music in that movie. You know the moment in The Hobbit where Bilbo listens to the dwarf's song in Bag End and he feels himself transported to a different place with a desire to seek lost treasure? I feel like Moana did that with me. When they showed Moana's ancestors, I wanted to get on a boat with them and explore the ocean. And You're Welcome is just hilarious. Dwayne Johnson is a fantastic actor, even if he is just an ordinary demigod. 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 I'm sorry. Okay, on to Frozen. Initially, I wasn't wowed by the movie, as you well know. As I recall, Matthew Marks, you absolutely hated it. But what finally won me over was the music. Hearing the songs come up on my Disney playlist on Pandora, I like them more and more. In fact, I would go so far as to say, taken as a whole, Frozen has a stronger soundtrack than Tangled. Even though I like When Will My Life Begin and I See the Light individually more than I like any of the songs in Frozen. The other factor in my change of heart was the whole Hans plot twist. When I first saw it, I felt like the revelation of Hans being the villain undermined the first half of the movie. It turned out that Anna's and Hans's charming duet was actually manipulation. I also wasn't invested in Anna's and Kristoff's relationship in the first time because I thought Anna would just end up with Hans at the end. But seeing it again and knowing what was coming allowed me to appreciate the film as a whole. I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about Frozen. Keep up the great work with the show. May the mouse be with you. And that's Matt Marks. That's geekycatholicdad.com. That's his shameless plug. All right, well, Matthew, I'm glad you're on board with Frozen because... Uh, it's a good movie. And I'm torn on the music situation, but okay. I'll go along with it for now. <laughs> All right. So this next email we have is from Ted Dastic, and this is going to be interesting for me to read. This is titled Cars 3. You asked for a review, so here is mine. Took my daughter Lily to see Cars 3 on Father's Day. While she loved it, I walked away with a much different opinion. I think the original Cars is one of Pixar's best films. Can't pick out a single thing I don't like about it. 
I'm also in the minority where I actually like Cars 2. I did too, so we're the same there. It didn't bother me at all. I just don't can't understand why people dislike it so much. It's fun. The big complaint I hear is there's too much Mater, which brings me to my first point of why I didn't like Cars 3. Not enough Mater. His <laughs> presence was severely lacking. Overall, I was kind of bored with Cars 3. Oh. I felt like I was going through a lot of the same motions I've already seen before. And the resolution at the end with Cruz... Finishing the race was pretty stupid. The role they took advantage of was so out of left field that they could have just had aliens teleport in and blow up all the bad cars. (laughs) Seriously, if this rule had always existed, why had it never been utilized before? Why have pit stops? Why have pit stops when you can just hand off the baton? Silly. The only bright spot was the demolition derby. The whole scene was a lot of fun. I appreciated all. The, I also appreciated the doc scenes. The short cartoon before the film was disappointing. I guess in closing, I'm not too excited about any prospect of a Cars 4. Pixar, Pixar was untouchable for the longest time, but starting with Brave, I think their storytelling has taken a few too many steps back, with Finding Dory being the only exception that movie rivals Finding Nemo. Ted. I think... His review is very valid for a lot of individuals, but on the whole, I still really love it. And I, the rule part with the racing doesn't really bother me. I did really like the short cartoon at the beginning, which was called Lost and Found. Uh, I thought it was really cute and sweet. So, you know, eh. Yeah. But I appreciate him emailing me the review because I was really looking for someone to send me something that was something opposite of what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. And he, after I read it the first time, this was back in like around the 20th of July, I started thinking and I was like, hmm, I think I need to see it again. <laughs> well, I think it was a Ted-dastic email. What do you mean? It was fantastic. Ted-dastic. <laughs> oh. I'm with you, Steve. Thank you, Riley. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I would, didn't get it. I would oh, also, well. I would also say that it is, um, it, it's interesting that that he says there's not enough Mater, and I would think that Mater is one of the things that people dislike about some of the other movies. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on what part of Cars you really like, but mm-hmm. I really like all the racing and the Lightning McQueen stuff, so. Mm-hmm. Also, I'll give him a quick plug. You can check out his DeviantArt page at tdastic, that's D-A-S-T-I-C-K, dot deviantart.com. He's got some great commissions that he's done on there. Uh, he's got a fantastic uh, commission that he did of the Bounty Hunters from Empire Strikes Back, and it looks amazing. Ted's mm, a oh, yeah. fantastic, fantastic artist. So we've, we're, we've, we've attracted some artists to the shows, Teresa. I love yeah. it. Yeah. So uh that is that is out of this world, man. I could find somewhere to hang something like that up. Gee whiz. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna quit so we've done a lot of news um in the last couple episodes. Maybe, who knows? But we've talked a lot about what's come out of D twenty three and that sort of thing. So rather than uh go through a Disney Watch segment because we've we've really covered it all in the past little bit, uh, we're going to jump right into this movie. We're going to jump right into Frozen. So here we go. Frozen. 
summer in the city of Arendelle. It couldn't be warmer. It couldn't be sunnier. But that's about to change forever. Arendelle. It's completely frozen. Cold, 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 cold. A real howler in July. Yeah? The land covered in eternal snow. If we don't do something soon, we'll all freeze to death. You want to talk about a problem? I sell ice for a living. Ooh, that's a rough business to be in right now. I mean, that is really... Mm, that's unfortunate. My lady. Whoa, whoa. Huh, this is awkward. Not you're awkward, but just because we're... I'm awkward. You're gorgeous. Wait, what? Hi, everyone. I'm Olaf. <laughs> Hi. You're creepy. Well, I don't want whoa, it. Whoa. No. All right, we got off to a bad start. I know how to stop this winter. Yeah! Hang on. I like fast. Whoa, 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 whoa. Get your feet down. This is fresh lacquer. Seriously, were you raised in a barn? <laughs> Let's go bring back summer! <gasps> Man, am I out of shape. Wolves. Stop! Whoa. Whoa! Are you okay? Uh, I've got a thick skull. I don't have a skull. Oh, whoo! Head rush. So cute. It's like a little beanie unicorn. Now we just have to survive this blizzard! That's no blizzard! Sorcery. That's my sister! That would have been nice to know. Heads up! No. It is not nice to throw snow, people! Whoa, 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 uh, feisty me... pants. Just let the snowman be. I'm calm. Great. Oh, oh, come on! <laughs> Olaf, you're melting. Some people are worth melting for. You're just maybe not right this second. Come on, buddy, faster! No! Hang in there, guys! I can't feel my legs! I can't feel my legs! Those are my legs. Oh, hey, do me a favor, grab my butt! Oh, that feels better. Well... I only have one thing to say. Let it go, let it go. I am one with the wind and sky. Let it go, let it go. You'll never see me cry. Here I stand, here I stay. Let the storm rage on. And, uh, well, here's Teresa with some history. I'm sure you know everything there is to know about the castle. Oh, well, actually, I, uh, yes, I do. As you can see, the pseudo-facade was stripped away to reveal... I guess I should have said this is frozen. Now here's Teresa with some history. <laughs> All right. Well, there's a lot here. And to be fair, I'm just letting everybody know I cut out a ton of stuff because I could have gone on and on and on about the production of this movie, but I'm not going to. So this is Disney's 53rd animated feature. It was written by Jennifer Lee and co-directed by Lee and Chris Buck. Now, we're going to talk about one of the nine old men for a second. Oh, we're going to swing back around to these guys, huh? 
We are, we are. Okay, now Riley, do you know who the nine old men are? I have no clue who the nine old men are. Well, well I couldn't. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead, vault, vault person or old man. Well, well, I don't know what you were doing. Well, the nine old men happen to be some fellas that sit around every morning at McDonald's sipping coffee and complaining about young people. Uh, that describes my grandpa. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> this, is getting, this is like getting fellowship with the ring here. I expect like the, the nine servants of the Dark Lord. <laughs> what? No, nine were given to the rule. The, the what was it? It was nine given to the realm of men. That's right. right. And yeah. they all turned okay. into the ring wraiths. But anyhow, no, the nine old anyway. men. The nine old men uh, is a is a term affectionately given to uh, nine. Were they animators, Teresa? Yes. They were nine animators from back in the day when Walt Disney was around, and they okay. they had very much influence on. Uh, the the early days of Disney. And what's interesting, the reason I say we're coming back around to the Nine Old Men is there was a long time in there that after the death of Walt Disney and our introductions and our history and stuff, we'd keep coming back to, well, Walt wanted to do this. Walt wanted to do this. And now we're swinging back around to something that was in process of... Uh, this was... I mean, look, I watched the special features on this thing and, and I was amazed at how far back the idea for this goes. But go ahead, Teresa. Okay, so Mark Davis was one of the nine old men, and he was very active on all many of the original Disney films, kind of all the way up until maybe around the time of Robin Hood. I could be wrong, but he also Robin Hood, you transitioned. Say. Huh? Robin Hood, you say? Robin Hood. I just P- watched that the other day. Oh, PJ. PJ. <laughs> The snake is really, or the, the stork is really Robin Hood. <laughs> do the sound, do the sound. Robin Hood, you say? <laughs> oh my goodness. That's what his little tail sounds like when he's... Oh, bravo, sir. Thank you. I did not know you had that talent, Steve. I, I've got several. <laughs> not many. Not many now. Okay, so Mark Davis actually started working on Disney parks related stuff and things for the rides. And he actually created a ride for Disneyland in concept based on the enchanted snow palace that he sort of created. And it was this idea of you would be out in the park and it was super hot and you would go into this ride inside that was ice cold and it would cool you off. And there were penguins and all kinds of stuff. Anyway, the creators for the movie got to see some of this work and found out that they inadvertently channeled Mark Davis's work without even knowing it, including Elsa's braid. I know that sounds like it should be a fun fact, and it probably should, but it's in the history part, so I read it there. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Oh, by the way, preemptive fun fact. Yeah, um, so that was a free fun fact for everybody. Uh, anyway, okay, so Mark Davis actually went to Scandinavia, and this was prior to the release of Snow White, and he actually brought back the stories of Hans Christian Andersen to show Walt, and this was all around that Snow White time frame. So in 1939, Walt gave the Snow Queen, which was going to be their story, the Snow Queen, a production number of 1092. Oh, 1092. 1092. Now, we're going to get into some of the stuff in a little bit and fun facts about what happened with all of that. 
because it's very in-depth, so I actually put it in fun facts. But 70 years later, we finally got the Snow Queen story in the form of Frozen. That's amazing. It took 70 years. Wow. Mm-hmm. But once now, again, but once again, we see Walt Disney's fingerprints on this thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, the studio would revisit the story of the Snow Queen in the late 90s, and then it was completely scrapped in 2002 when Glenn Keane, who's an animator at Disney, quit the project and went to work on what would become Tangled. So because of Tangled, they were working on it at the end of the 90s and then the early 2000s, and in 2002, they were like, and nope, we're scrapping it and just doing Tangled. Now, there was talk of the film being done in conjunction with Pixar, but here's something else we've talked about in our film history. The Pixar contract was not renewed in 2004, so because of that, the possible production of Frozen with Pixar was scrapped. So, bye-bye, next version of Frozen. Mm. (laughs) Now, in 2006, when Bob Iger bought Pixar he was able to bring Frozen back around. So in 2008, John Lasseter brought Chris Buck back from Sony Animation Studios, where he had just done the movie Surf's Up. And Chris Buck we know from Tarzan, because he worked on Tarzan. So Lasseter was able to convince Chris Buck to come back to Disney, and Buck would actually be the one who would pitch the Snow Queen again. And his original thinking was not inspired by the Hans Christian Andersen story. For him, his inspiration was that he just wanted to do something different on the definition of true love. And he is quoted saying, Disney has already done the kissed by a prince thing, so he thought it was time for something new. So that was his kind of original inspiration. But we will come to find out in fun facts why this was so dang hard to make. Just say. I mean, right. you you are really pumping up the fun facts right now. I am, because the fun facts are kind of better than what I'm talking about. Okay, so... <laughs> The development of the what would be known as Frozen began under the title of Anna and the Snow Queen, which was planned to be traditionally 2D animated. Now, Josh Gad was brought on to the project at this time, and this was prior to the film officially being commissioned in 2011. Okay? So Josh Gad was brought on prior to that and he started getting involved with the film in that early stage and the plot was still relatively close to the original Hans Christian Andersen story which in a nutshell is that the Snow Queen is the villain and she captures this character that would be Anna's character and she like basically kidnaps her and there it's this whole like all Hans Christian Andersen stories is this whole terrible awful horrible thing like Remember when we talked about the Han Christian Andersen Little Mermaid? Yes. It was like that. Mm. <laughs> like dark and creepy. Well, and wasn't so wasn't the Snow creepy. Queen in the Hans Christian Andersen? She's a bad guy, right? Yeah, she's the villain. Yeah. She's the villain. And so that's how this movie originally started was <laughs> that the Snow Queen would be the villain. We'll get into that. Okay, so in 2010, the production on this film was halted again. It was like, okay, so this movie was what I'm getting at is that Frozen was really hard to make. 
all the way from 1939 to 2010, it was talked about and then stopped and talked about and then stopped repeatedly. Now, in 2011, Frozen was officially commissioned and it went under many, like capital M-A-N-Y story treatments. And I'm going to talk about that shortly. On December 22nd, 2011... Disney announced a new title for the film, so it's no longer Anna and the Snow Queen. It would be known as Frozen, and it was given a release date of November 27th, 2013. A month later, it was confirmed that the film would be computer animated in stereoscopic 3D instead of hand-drawn. So, there's that. So that's why we got the 3D information there. Yes. Or animation, not information. An- animation. Right. All right. So, as we said, it was released in theaters on November 27th, 2013. So, it was a Thanksgiving opening. Mm-hmm. Some film critics do consider Frozen to be the best Disney animated feature film since the studio's Renaissance era. Remember that one? We'll come back to it. Okay. I have the- thoughts. <laughs> I have thoughts. All right. So, the film was also a massive commercial success. It raked in nearly $1.3 billion worldwide. $400 million of that was in the U.S. and Canada, and $247 million of that was in Japan. Now, go to the box office chart tabs, Teresa. That's what it says in the show notes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have box office tabs. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. All right, so I gave you all of the kind of big numbers. In its wide opening for its opening weekend, it did $67 million in the United States. Wow. Yeah, so that's that's crazy big. Okay, so let's talk about where it ranks as far as the overall yearly ranking mm-hmm. of this particular movie. It came out at the very end of 2013. So right. we have to look at 2013 and 2014. Mm-hmm. But first, overall animation box office charts. Okay? Mm-hmm. At the time when it came out, it was like number one. Right. But it's been a while since Frozen's been out, guys. It's been a while. Been a while. So since Frozen came out... Toy Story 3 has actually gone up above it. The Lion King is still... And this is... uh, What am I looking at? This is Lifetime Gross. So Finding Dory is actually number one right now. Mm -hmm. Because it it did more. And I'm looking at domestic box office. Not worldwide. So Mm -hmm. nobody freak out right now. Right. Uh, (laughs) We're looking at domestic box office. Everybody calm down. Everybody calm down. Just calm down. Yeah. Everybody, it's okay. okay. Did you hear Riley practicing? Don't get marshmallow. Don't get marshmallow. It's okay. Did you hear? Okay. Did you hear Riley practicing how he's going to talk to those people that are ranked lower than him when he gets to the Air Force? <laughs> sure, sure. That's how it's going to go. He was all like, "Hey, stop it now." Anyway, oh, okay, okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Finding Dory is number one. Shrek 2 is number two. Guys, we need to unseat that. We need to unseat that. Somebody release another animated movie. I've never seen a Shrek movie. Tell me me one more time. What's number two? Shrek 2. Huh. That's interesting to me. Now, listen. 
Shrek 1 is a fantastic movie. And Shrek 2 ain't too bad. But I don't know that it's number two box office good. Well, looking at the numbers... I believe you. I believe that you have the uh, right numbers. I'm just saying that, like, that's just... We, is this adjusted for inflation? I'm uh, just... No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Stop it. You have approximately 4% year-over-year annual growth. Uh... All right, Lion King is still number three in the United States. By the way, mm-hmm. Teresa, mm-hmm? did you say stop it now? Uh, I might have. Rockin', rockin' and rollin' Down to the beach I'm strollin' But the seagulls poke in my head Not fun, I said seagulls Oh, darn it. Sorry. That's not how it goes. That's... (laughs) Riley, when did did you become like this this scat person? (laughs) Uh, Is that that what it is? Yeah, it sounds like you're scatting. Skid it up! Skid up! All right, let's get him up. Okay, okay, weirdos. Um, let's finish this off here. Okay, so Finding Dory is number one. People are gonna sick me saying that. Finding Dory is number one. Shrek two is number two. The Lion King is number three. And this is again U.S. domestic. Toy Story three is number four, and Frozen is number five. Okay. Domestic. Okay. Domestic. I mean, I mean, that's not okay. a bad top five domestic grossing films, to be honest with you. It, it's not. It's, it's pretty not. solid. Okay. Now, let's talk the big stuff. So this is all-time box office domestic in the United States. We all know what number one is. Right? We all know. All-time, like... All-time. Film not adjust not adjusted for inflation all time domestic gross. Uh, Avatar still or is Force Awakens beat it? Force Awakens. Okay. Force Awakens. Frozen actually is number twenty six. Ooh. Yeah. Now, this is what everybody that's yelling about. That's not right. That's not right. Just calm down again. Okay. Worldwide gross. Worldwide gross, not adjusted for inflation. Frozen is number nine. Aha. Uh-huh. Now, worldwide, Avatar is still number one. But worldwide gross, Frozen is number nine. Okay. Um, what was I looking at? There was one other one that I had. Where did it go? I mean, how many of the top, I wonder, films are, are Disney? That'd be of what, I what, what do you want to know? For okay. animation or all time international, uh, what how, all time worldwide not adjusted? Do you want adjusted or not? And uh, let's let's say adjusted. Why not? Well, I have to open another tab. Well, how about <laughs> um, Riley? Okay. How about Riley being being the Steve Glosson all of a sudden here, wanting all these this so extra sorry, yeah. this extra news? Okay. Not adjusted for inflation. In the top ten 
Well, are we counting Star Wars and Marvel being a yeah, part of yeah. Disney? Okay, okay. So then Star Wars The Force Awakens. Everybody count. Get your fingers out. Right, Star Wars The ready. Force Awakens. Uh, one. Marvel's The Avengers. Two. Avengers Age of Ultron. Three. Frozen. Four. And Beauty and the Beast. Five. So five of the top ten are Disney. Now, adjusted for inflation. Uh, it's probably still gone with the wind. It yes, is gone, it with, is the gone wind. with the wind. Star Wars, Sound of Music, E.T., Titanic. Uh, there, there's only one in the top ten. That's Disney. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. That's amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. No. Yeah. They, Disney rules the world, if we haven't established this yet. Disney rules the world. <laughs> okay. Now, I did have... I had... Mm, I lost it. Give me one second. Oh, that's why. It's right here. All right. So for 2013 domestic gross. So this is the year 2013 here in the United States. Frozen was number three. Now, Steve's going to ask me what was number one and number two. I happen to know that. The Hunger Games Catching Fire was number one and Iron Man 3 was number two. I knew that Iron Man 3 had, uh, had, was high up on that list in 2013. Mm-hmm. I did know that. Now... That's why I said we needed to also go to 2014 because it was out for so long. Mm-hmm. Trying to find it. I hadn't actually found it. I wonder if they count it for 2014. doesn't look like they do. It looks like they just count it as a 2013 movie, so never well, mind. And they probably just count the, the intake even in 2014 since, of the, since the release date. Mm-hmm. So it was number three overall for 2013. So... It was still like the number one animated movie, and it was amazing, and it reached all kinds of heights and stuff, but it's just been a while since it's been out, so whatever. Wow. There it is. Okay. Now, it had over $18 million in home media sales in 2014 and became the best-selling film of the year in the United States for home media. So we can go into that a little further. Frozen was released for digital download on February 25th, 2014. And it was subsequently released on Blu-ray disc and DVD on March 18th, 2014. On its first day of release on Blu-ray and DVD, Frozen sold 3.2 million units. Good night. At the end of 2014, the film had earned 308 million dollars in total u.s home media sales it is one of the best-selling home media releases ever having moved over 18 million units as of march 2015 i am not i'm not surprised by that what really shocks me was my ability to avoid not intentionally but just to avoid this movie altogether because if you remember Teresa, you and i started doing vault talk uh toward the end of you know the latter half of 2014 Mm mm-hmm and at that point, I'd never seen Frozen, and I really didn't know the music. And, I remember that. And so um, when someone heard that I hadn't seen Frozen, my friend Rich sent me the movie. And he's like, you've got to see it just because it's so big. And I'm like, I, and I have no idea how in the world it flew under the radar other than I was living in the vacuum that was Hazelhurst, Georgia. And though all the children were loving it, they were not loving it around me whenever I was around kids. Like, I didn't hear a lot of let it go talk. And it really felt like it had this slow burn that it caught on and just never, ever went away. Yeah. 
with it kids. It took me a while to see it. I I didn't see it when it first came out. It took me a little bit, and then when I find, I was like, "What is this?" And like, "Why is everybody so crazy?" And I went and saw it, and I was like, "Oh, well, that's why." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And what? now I've seen it so many times. I literally turned it on today while I was doing show notes, and it was picking up, resuming from somewhere in the middle. And I'm just quoting the whole thing, not even watching it while I was doing show notes. Yeah, it's it's a very rewatchable film. But like I, I remember hearing about it for weeks and weeks, and it was getting into the Christmas, uh, into the Christmas break, and I, I'd heard of it, but I had no intention to see it. But I kept hearing like rave reviews about this is the best movie ever. Like, nah, sure it is. And then I finally went and saw it with my mom, and I just fell in love with it immediately. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Okay, so let's go back in time some more. In March 1940, Walt Disney suggested a co-production to film producer Samuel Goldwyn from Goldwyn Studios, where Goldwyn would shoot live-action sequences of Hans Christian Andersen's life. So it was going to be a Hans Christian Andersen documentary. And so Goldwyn would shoot the live-action sequences, and the Walt Disney Animation Studio would do the Andersen fairy tales. And the animated sequences would be based on some of his best-known works, such as The Little Mermaid, The Little Match Girl, The Steadfast Tin Soldier, The Snow Queen, Thumbelina, Ugly Duckling, Emperor's New Clothes, all of those. As we know, what was happening to the Disney studios around 1940, Steve? Uh, What was happening around 1940 in Disney studios? Uh Uh-huh. Um... World War II? Yes. So because of World War II, Disney shifted to doing all those war propaganda films oh, that's and right. cartoons yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. stuff. And so this whole idea would be eventually dropped. Now, the studio, even back in the 1930s, 1940s, when it was looking at the Snow Queen, could not find a way to adapt and make the Snow Queen character relatable to modern audiences. So they were already having problems with the Snow Queen back then. So that's something that's pretty Mm -hmm. well known. Now, we're going to talk a little bit more about that Hans Christian Andersen documentary uh, when we get into fun facts. I'm really making fun facts exciting. Okay, Frozen won two Academy Awards for Best Animated Feature and Best Original Song for Let It Go. It then won the Golden Globe, Golden Globe Award for Best Animated <laughs> hey, Feature Film. What's that? I'm, I'm going. No, I'm pushing. No. I've got to ask a question about the about the Oscars. Okay. Was that the one where John Travolta was like, and here to sing Let It Go is? <laughs> yes. Is all the Z. Shababa hobonga tapa. See if you can find it while I read this stuff. Okay. Where'd it go? <laughs> All right. So then the Golden Globe Award for Best Animated Feature Film, it won that. And then it won the BAFTA Award for Best Animated Film. It won five Annie Awards, including Best Animated Feature. It won two Grammy Awards for Best Compilation Soundtrack for Visual Media and Best Song Written for Visual Media for Let It Go. It won two Critics' Choice Movie Awards for Best Animated Feature and Best Original Song for Let It Go. So it cleaned up. In award season, y'all. Yeah. Cleaned up. 
Now, there was an animated short sequel titled Frozen Fever, which premiered on March 13, 2015 with Disney's Cinder- live-action Cinderella. A short holiday film titled Olaf's Frozen Adventure is coming and will premiere on November 22, 2017 with hey. Disney Pixar's Coco. And then on March 12th of 2015, a feature-length sequel was announced with Chris Buck and Jennifer Lee returning as the directors and Peter Delvecco returning as producer, and it is set for release on November 27th, 2019. Seven years later from the original release date. All right, I think we've had it. Thank you. I love you. There will always be a special place in my heart for the movie musical and for the songs that create their most memorable moments. Here to perform the Oscar-nominated, gorgeously empowering song, Let It Go, from the Oscar-winning animated movie Frozen, please welcome the wickedly talented one and only Adele Dazim. Travolta some credit because he doesn't like just stop talking. He just like he goes for it. <laughs> Adele to see. Adele to see. It's not even close. I mean, like, there's nothing there. Only Adele to see. The one and only. You mean the non-existent? <laughs> he probably just saw Adele in the audience. And only Adele But he put he affects uh, he he affects a. One of those pretentious accents that people do, like when they say they spent time in Chile. He's like, Adele Dazin. Or, or like when my mom says taco. Yeah. <laughs> or like when they're, on the, uh, when they're on the Food Network and they're like, oh, we got some mozzarella. No, it's mozzarella. And, it, and it's not Adele Dazin. It's Adina Manzel. Only Adele Dazin. See how he does? Adele. Adele. <laughs> <laughs> now she got him back if you recall she did yeah you didn't yeah. uh she she was introducing him at the oscars and, and you'll have to excuse me because uh something started happening with my internet where my browsers just go incredibly slow um when i try to pull anything up and uh so um but it, it it's on here and she pronounced his name so are we ready for fun facts Hang on. Hold on. I'm looking for it. <laughs> Carissa in the chat says, that's not an accent. That's an idiot. Here we go. Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, come on. It's not only the most awesome... Well, this is not... Okay, here we go. Very dear friend, Glom Gazingo. My very dear friend, Glom Gazingo. <laughs> Now here's a here's here's something interesting while we're talking about this because I just feel like it's it's relevant to the conversation so I feel like we have to discuss it. I have a link for you where he John Travolta explains on Jimmy Kibble why he messed this up. Oh, he he actually tries to explain it. Here you go. Okay, let's see here. If this will uh, if this will open up for me here, it's probably going to be an ad as there always. I'm is. sure. I'm sure that uh, oh, you got to get the pre-roll. 
I'm sure that he had a great, great rationale. And Glom Gazingo. <laughs> I mean, well played, Adele. Adele, well played. Adele. 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 Adina Menzel. Speaking, speaking of Adele, did you know that uh, Rock Sugar has a new track out where they are... Um, what? Yeah, they they are actually they mashed up "Rock Me Like a Hurricane" and that song by Adele. Shoulda had it all. I don't know if you knew that or not. <clears throat> and then in the back they got "Here I Am." I'm sorry, this is taking so long, guys. I'm I, when I say that my computer has just started doing this it, since last night, and then today when recording the Big Honkin' Show, it was doing the same thing. It's like, no, I'm just not going to work for you, Glosson. I'm just going to drag around. And I don't know if, if, if there's some new setting on Skype or something, but I wasn't using Skype today. So I really honestly can't speak to what the issue may be that it takes so long to load a page. Well, play fun, play fun facts, and then we'll pull it up when it comes up. Well, how about this, right? And, and now what is going on? Why is this not playing right now? Hold on. What is happening? Okay. It's got the tab muted, and I don't know why that's a good thing. All right. Fun fact time. Gee whiz. The whole show's falling apart. Fun facts. Say it proud and geek out loud. It's fun facts. All righty. I've been talking about fun facts a lot, so here you go. I think think it's pretty great. These are hanging on on the wall in my office. He's showing them welcome back Potter Prince. Do you guys think that Jimmy and I look alike? And I could, I could do this with him, unattractive brother. Like uh, what I did with Adina. Oh, yeah, that's right. Apparently, I played with her chin too much, but, you know. You can never play with a woman's chin too much. You can't. You, uh, you famously or infamously, however you want it, you had this, uh, you mispronounced her name. What happened there? No, okay, the truth. Yeah. Not the the Chinook helicopter thing. Yes. The truth is, um, I was expected backstage, and it was getting very close to the time I was supposed to go on, and um, suddenly a page, an assistant to you, grabbed me out of the seat and said, you're on in a, in a minute and 15 seconds or something. He said, really? I said, what happened to 15 minutes? Yeah. They said, well, you know, they didn't explain. Well, later I found out that my actual page got stuck in an elevator and couldn't communicate to anybody. So then the, you know, backup page came to rush to get me. So none of it's but his as fault. As I get backstage, I run into Goldie Hawn. Now, Goldie Hawn is charismatic, sexy, beautiful, got the amazing thing and I was starstruck. Uh-huh. I'm starstruck hugging and loving her up and forgetting what? that I have to go and do this bit. And they said, you're on. I said, Yoli, we'll talk. You're going to one of the parties? So you go, okay, we'll see you then. They said, oh, by the way, we've changed the, uh, Adina's name to phonetic spelling. I went, but, but what, what, what do you mean? Go. So I go out there and I get to her thing and I thought, hmm? <laughs> <laughs> and in my mind, I'm going, what? What is that name? <laughs> I don't know that name. <laughs> and it was just phonetic spelling, but I wasn't, I didn't rehearse it that way. So this was Goldie Hawn's fault. <laughs> mm. I said, why don't you just say I goofed? I couldn't see. I'm getting old. That was a long way of digging a deep hole with that shovel. <laughs> Le- yeah, listen, in my experience, if someone has an explanation that long. <laughs> And then I ran into her, and she's beautiful. And we talked about this. And then <laughs> I was loving her up. I was starstruck and loving her up. What? Okay. 
But now, but now, but now, look, I can't blame John Travolta for being starstruck around a woman that he greatly respects and admires because it happened to me on a recent episode of uh, Rebel (laughs) Yell. Don't know if you guys heard me make a total butt out of myself on that show, but we'll continue. It's fun facts time. Okay, so the original theme of the movie was that love conquers negativity. Well, actually, that's the original theme of the story. That love conquers negativity. And the filmmakers modernized, modernized it to where it would be that love would conquer fear. Hmm. So, okay. The original plot of the movie had different pacing in that it was actually going to be much more of an action adventure than a musical or a comedy. Huh. So that's kind of... Like I said, we're going to talk about a lot of story things here in Fun Facts. The building of the staircase in Elsa's palace was the hardest thing technically that the filmmakers had to do. They, Not the ice one she goes she she creates and then climbs up, the actual one inside of the actual palace that kind of goes around. So not the not the not the icy stairs. Well, but, there's still ice. The ice stairs inside of the palace. That oh. she comes down like when Anna goes. Oh, when she's the, got her when she's got palace. her when she's got her sparkly eye dress on. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. So the only Hans Christian Andersen story to get made by Disney before Little Mermaid and before Frozen was The Ugly Duckling, and it was for a silly symphony. I remember that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that in like a Fantasia video or something? It was not in Fantasia. It was a silly symphony. But for you, I could see how you would probably put it with Fantasia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do. I vaguely remember seeing that little thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here we go. Now, remember when I said that Disney approached Goldwyn about doing this joint venture? Yes, I think you said that a few minutes ago. And Mm -hmm. and then it fell through. All right, so Goldwyn actually went on to produce his own live-action film version of a Hans Christian Andersen documentary-type story entitled Hans Christian Andersen in 1952, and it had Danny Kaye playing the role of Hans Christian Andersen. Guys, I grew up with this thing. I watched this so many times. Times because I love Danny Kay. I absolutely love Danny Kay. And so all of the fairy tale parts of this were told in song and in live action ballet. And it was just, it was amazing. And it went on to receive six Academy Award nominations and like Danny Kay. Now, is this the Danny Kay um, of, of whom was spoken by Clark Griswold? That tap dance with Bing Crosby and the Griswolds are going to have the hap, hap, happiest Christmas since he had done so? Yes, because he tap danced with Bing Crosby in White Christmas, mm-hmm. which is my favorite Christmas movie of all time ever, ever, yeah. ever, ever. And, Cro- and, Clark- <laughs> and Clark Griswold said, we're going to have the hap, hap, happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tapped with Danny Badward K. Yeah, I don't really watch that movie. <gasps> Greg does. He oh loves it. Oh my gosh. This is why Greg thinks, and I are so close. He thinks it's the best. It is I'm the like, best. It's absolutely the best. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Kiss my butt. Kiss his butt. Happy Hanukkah. What? I 
have no idea anything that's being said right now. It's, no. uh, National so Lampoon's awesome. Christmas Vacation, guys. I, I know when I've seen it, but I don't remember. Oh. Where is that part? That's it. That's toward the beginning when he's at work and all, the, and the boss comes walking oh, by, right? And he's just Merry Christmas and everyone in line, and, and they're not paying any attention, so he just kiss my butt, kiss his butt. And that's right Happy before holiday. he takes away their bonuses. That's right. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Anyway, all right. So the biggest challenge of this entire story for the film and for everybody who worked on any story treatment back all the way to 1939 was the character of the Snow Queen, mm-hmm. and she is the reason that the film took so long to be made. Because she's the bad guy. Well, because in the Hans Christian Andersen story, she's this villain, and they had to find a way to make this story something different and new and not just rehash the same old Disney fairy tale, which is, I think, what the problem was. They they didn't want to tell the same story they've constantly been telling, which is like an evil queen, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Think about it, too. At around the same time, you know, a few years before, we have The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, which has like a Snow Queen evil person. You know, and then there's all these just evil queens. And we had several that were white. You know, and it's just crazy, like, how many there were. But the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is the one who who strikes me the most. And I can see, like, how they would be having a big problem with it. So the first major breakthrough was the decision to actually rewrite the film's protagonist of Anna. She was based on the character of Gerda from the story. And I couldn't, I don't have it in front of me, the story outline of who, what Gerda's original character was, but they decided to rewrite her to be the younger sibling of Elsa, which thereby effectively established a family dynamic between the characters and sort of helped to start shifting the story into being what we know it as today. Gerda. Yes. Gerda. Now, if one of you can find that while I keep reading about like what who Gerda actually was in the Hans Christian Andersen story, mm-hmm. that would be awesome. <laughs> okay, this having a sister dynamic or a family dynamic is something that's very unusual in Disney films, as you guys know, because we, you know, pretty much everybody's family dies in most <laughs> Disney movies. Well, let's walk through real quick. How many <laughs> films did we really have siblings in? Lilo and Stitch. That's pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, Scar was Mufasa's brother, but that was played as a bad guy there in the situation. Yeah, I mean, Ariel had some sisters, but they were non-characters, really, more than anything. I guess Snow White had her evil stepsisters, but they weren't, like, really family. They treated her more like trash. Talking about Cinderella? I, I meant Cinderella, pardon. Um. Yeah. Yeah, That's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, we don't really have anybody with family. That I, I mean, the, I guess it. the 101 Dalmatians were all, you know, the, the the first few Dalmatians were family, but then by the end they were all just random puppies that got found. Mm-hmm. Right. Sergeant Tibbs! Uh, <laughs> Sergeant Tibbs? <laughs> what, what, Sergeant Tibbs? Okay, so, and I'm glad you brought up Lilo and Stitch, because this unusual relationship between sisters, again, as we just talked about, is a rarely used plot point, not only in Disney, but in American animated films, period. I mean, we can go through tons of them, and it just doesn't exist. So, Lilo and Stitch would be the exception. 
So what Disney did to explore the dynamics of sister relationships is they held a sister summit at which women from all over the studio who grew up with sisters were asked to discuss their relationships with their sisters. So they were brought together and talk about what it was like to have a sister. And they took that inspiration to create the dynamic between Anna and Elsa. Mm -hmm. Now, in March of 2012, Jennifer Lee was brought on as one of the screenwriters for the film. And she was known for writing Wreck-It Ralph. So she was brought in and uh, there was a lot of people. This isn't in the show notes here. But there was a lot of people that were wanting her to create Elsa as more of a character a la Vanellope Von Schweetz. And she just thought, like, while Vanellope is a great character, she didn't think that that needed to be redone and didn't think that that would fit the story for Anna. And I agree with her. I don't think that it would have... Now, wait, they wanted her to make Anna or Elsa more like Vanellope? Anna. Okay. More like Vanellope. Now, according to Jennifer Lee, several core concepts were already in place before she came on to the project, such as the film's frozen heart hook line. That... She says, quote, that was a concept and the phrase, an act of true love that will thaw a frozen heart. They already knew the ending involved true love in the sense of an emotional bond between siblings, not romance, and that Anna was going to save Elsa. But at, when she came on to the project, they didn't know how or why that would happen. And so Jennifer Lee actually helped to develop that as to why and how Anna would end up saving Elsa. How did they come to that breakthrough, you reckon? There's a lot of stuff that I didn't put in here. Um, I mean, it would take me forever to find it. So, oh, oh I know. I, I know. I know why. And it's not up here. It's right. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? It's right here. Okay. So, one, the, the breakthrough that really helped all of that with what you're talking about mm -hmm. was actually the song Let It Go. Oh. So, the songwriters of... <laughs> Lopez and Anderson Lopez, who are a husband-wife team, they were on the production team creating the songs and stuff, and it was their composition of the song Let It Go that forced the production team to reconceptualize Elsa. So now they had Anna, they knew what was going to happen with her, but now they had to kind of rewrite Elsa to where she wasn't a villain. And... They made her the song Let It Go made Elsa a more complex, vulnerable, and sympathetic character. So instead of the villain, the songwriters actually said that they, when they were writing the song, they saw Elsa as more of a scared girl that was struggling to control and come to terms with her gift. So it was the development of Elsa from the song Let It Go that was written and what they were already knew that they wanted Anna to do that sort of melded that. Right. Stuff. I set yeah. you up for that, by the way. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I didn't know that. Thank you. I was trying. <laughs> I was just trying to set you up and bring it on through. Oh, I see. Okay. So Delveco, who was one of the producers, explained that Let It Go changed Elsa into a person ruled by fear, and Anna was ruled by her own love. This is a quote from him. And Anna was ruled by her own love of other people and her own drive. So that in turn caused Lee to rewrite that whole entire first act which then would ripple through the rest of the movie mm -hmm. now Frozen was translated and dubbed into 41 languages compared to only 15 for The Lion King wow Yeah. here's the major challenge for Frozen it was to find a soprano 
in all those different languages that was capable of matching, what was her name? Um, Adele Dezine. Adele Dezine. Adele Dezine's warm vocal tone and three octave vocal range. Mozzarella. In their native language. Chile. <laughs> so can you imagine trying to find 41 comparable singers to Idina Menzel to sing Letting I mean, Go? At that point, don't you just teach her how to sing the songs in those languages? I was, was going to say, yeah. <laughs> like, people learn to sing in other languages all the time. Yeah. So, guys, that's Frozen. All right, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye. All right. All right. I want to. I want to come back around to this piece of information from the history. Some many critics said it's the best Disney film since the Renaissance era. And I'd like to know, Riley. You said you had thoughts. Go ahead, sir. I do have thoughts. I do have thoughts. Uh, I categorically agree with that statement. Actually. Okay. So you uh, don't, so that's your thoughts. Uh, I think that Frozen. Is the best written, best executed, best music of any film Disney's released since The Lion King. Wow. Wow. Teresa? Uh, hmm. Okay. <laughs> Steve, you go, because I need to pull up my Disney list here. <laughs> well, since the Renaissance... I, I need it. I need it for this. Well, since the Renaissance, I don't... See, I don't know. I, I kind of disagree with that. I think... Okay, well, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Sorry, I'm interrupting you, but we need to figure out where we're cutting off the Renaissance. Where are we cutting it? Okay. Yeah, when is the Renaissance exactly? Well, the where Renaissance, we doesn't it go from... Does it go from Little Mermaid, Little Mermaid to Pocahontas, Mulan? Okay, so po- so we've got Pocahontas in 95, we've got Hunchback in 96, Hercules in 97, Mulan in 98... Tarzan in 99. Where do we we cut it at Tarzan, I think. Did we cut it at Tarzan? So we went through the whole I, decade we, we of the 90s? I thought we cut it off at Brother Bear. No. Um, just, no, we did not cut it off no. Brother Bear. But Brother Bear oh, not... wait. Hold on. Does the, rena- does the Renaissance go until... Does it go until Dinosaur? No, I don't think so. Okay, hang on. Hang on. We've done this before, but I can't remember. We have, but I don't know if we ever came to anything definitive here. I know that there's it's 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 in dispute. It is in dispute. But that I, is that is a true I, true fact. I sincerely based on style of animation and, and type of music say it goes to Mulan. Okay, so people consider it Tarzan. Okay. Now Okay, here's the thing. The original Disney Renaissance is considered to go from 1989 to 1999, so that 10-year period. Mm-hmm. That's Little Mermaid, Rescuers Down Under, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King, Pocahontas, Hunchback, Hercules, Mulan, and Tarzan. Now, from 2000 to 2006 is what they call the slump mm-hmm. and like, the second Dark Age. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the, the second Disney Renaissance, which begins with Princess and the Frog and continues into Moana. Mm-hmm. Make way, make way. Why did you what? just... Time you knew. All right. Yeah, I hear Moana in there, but I also heard some other song in your up and downness. I don't know what it was. The village of Matanui is all you need. Uh, also, I would actually probably put Moana at or above. You would put what now? 
I might put Moana at or above Frozen. It's okay, but we've got to go. But what we've got to do is say at this point, this is all critics had. They didn't have, exactly, you know, in the history. And so I'm just I'm looking and I'm saying leading to this to up to Frozen. I don't know that I fully agree with the statement. I, I I still think Tangled is a slightly better story. Um. I, the music may not be as good. I, I just feel like Tangled was a little bit better. Now this had this had more of a popular culture appeal to it, and for some reason the kids glommed onto it. It may be the music situation. It may be that all those Riley, you said you know all the factors coming together is one of the reasons you categorically agree with that statement. But for me, there's yeah. I, I I feel like that the the power of the story goes to Tangled and. You know, that's not to put yeah. one down and lift up another. I, that's just how yeah, I, yeah. you know, I, I just think that, that I feel like that type of hyperbole is a little bit strong to say this is the best since the Renaissance, you know, because there was some good stuff. I prefer Wreck-It Ralph to all the movies we've watched during this era. <laughs> now, okay, hang on. So now, Riley, since we've defined the Disney Renaissance, okay, okay, uh-huh. which uh-huh. goes Little Mermaid to Tarzan. Yeah, hit me. I'm pretty sure you've only seen like three of those movies in the Renaissance era. Um, (laughs) 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 That's not true. Actually, how many? I am curious because this is this. How many have you seen Little Mermaid? Yes. Rescuers Down Under. Yes. Beauty and the Beast. Yes. Aladdin. Yes. Lion King. Yep. Pocahontas. Yep. Hunchback of Notre Dame. Nope. Hercules. Nope. Mulan. Yes. Many times. Tarzan. Yes. Okay, this, okay. Hang on. We need to stop the show. Do you right think now. Riley would love Wait. Hunchback of Notre Dame? Wait. Stop the show. Uh huh. The fact, this simple fact, because I know you so well, that you have seen like eighty percent of the movies from the Disney Renaissance talks to the power of the Disney <laughs> Disney Renaissance era. Yes, because, because it wasn't here. Yes. Well, one, you. When were you born? I was born in 1991. 2003. 91. Oh, 91. So, 91. So a lot of these you were a baby for. And on top of that, though, you weren't even living in the United States, so it was hard for you to see these movies. So you mostly watched some of the older ones. I, I a lot a lot of the older ones, and then but also these movies made their way to the Middle East. To Peshawar, Pakistan. There was a guest house um, that uh, housed a lot of the families that we would uh, that my dad worked with at the time, and uh, it would be sort of an interim place for families to get between getting settled in. And that guest house had an ongoing library of VHS tapes, and there were very few quote unquote new ones at the time, and those were almost always Disney movies, and those were a big deal. When the when a new movie would be added to the library because you could go to the guest house and watch it. That's yeah, how we, and Robin Hood. Well, that's why this is such a big deal because the Disney Renaissance is that powerful. And Steve, you and I have talked about that. Mm-hmm. You know, so now that you know Renaissance ends at Tarzan, where do you fall as your opinion of Frozen, Riley? Uh, it's well, top two or three, for sure, easily. Okay. And we can't talk about future movies because we're not there yet. So. Well, right, and, and that statement was made not with, without those future movies having been seen. Yeah, correct. So, Absolutely. yeah, so I, I just, I mean, I see why they say it. I don't know that I fully agree with it, though. I think that I, I think that Tangled was a little better. 
Yeah, so, so much of this comes down to, I think, our experience with the movie. And there's a lot, it really depends on how you view the movie, because, uh, like, with Tangled, I I could see the argument that it that it's objectively a better story. There's something about Frozen that captured the hearts and minds of me, my family, and my friends. So, like, there's something about, it, it really did become, it's, it's, the experience of watching the movie is a big part of why I liked it so much, not just the objective parts of the movie that we're going to go into detail with. So like, for example, it's, I probably saw it five times in theaters. Uh, and like, I'll never forget going out with a, there was a, it was like February or March and I was doing a service project with an ROTC group and part, and it was helping set up for a community movie night and they played frozen. And I just remember all of my ROTC buddies bursting out into song as everyone was singing along with the frozen music with all the kids running around. It was the best thing ever. Yeah, you know, and I, I have something similar. Like, I don't know if I would say it's the best movie since the Renaissance era, necessarily, because I love Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> but I do like Tangled, but there's a lot of stuff about Tangled that I don't love as much as Frozen. And for me, I think the reason that I love Frozen so much is because I love the dynamic and, like, interactions between Anna and Elsa. I love the characters, both of them. And I actually see myself in Anna. I don't see myself in Rapunzel. I wish I did, but I don't. And I love Rapunzel and Flynn Rider. I love that. But I see myself as Anna when I think about, like, if I look at all of the Disney princesses out of all of them, I identify with Anna the most. That's not including Moana because we're not there yet. Um, so... <laughs> Like, for me, because, like, when Kristoff calls her feisty pants, I've always had people that have called me feisty pants. <laughs> because I get so wrapped up, I want to throw a snowball at people. But it's just, like, I just, I don't know. For me, the story in Frozen is more powerful than the story in Tangled. But they're both so good. Like, so, so good. I want to give you guys a quote from a friend of mine, uh, Charlie Stalzer, who just completed initial flight training. Uh, he's qualifying for the F-15 Strike Eagle, uh, so he's going to be a fighter pilot. And I'll never forget him looking to me at me during this service project. And uh, I said, so have you seen Frozen? And he's like, dude. And he turned over to me and said, I define my life between before and after I saw Frozen. Wow, <laughs> it's this big like military guy, uh, and it, it's it's almost because it's it's sort of this, it's just fun to embrace uh, how much it resonated with 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 kids that I knew watching it. Plus, like all of us grown up Disney kids, it it, it was just it's just a fun movie. It's it's so much fun to watch. Well, I will say this: I I do think that however long this second Renaissance, as they call it, lasts. And I was thinking about this today, in fact, of like how long can this thing last? How long can they continue to churn out the, the quality that they've been churning out? But as long as this renaissance lasts, I do believe that this will be the film that, it, that defines it. I, I do think that Frozen is going to be the defining film of this era of Disney features because of its success, its popularity, the music, everything. You know, And Teresa, you even said Anna was, in a sense 
she was a different type of princess. You know, at this point, Penelope or Vanellope wasn't, you know, in the actual pantheon of Disney princess eye, prince eye. And so this is kind of the first, uh, flawed is the wrong word, but the, the, the most, one of the most down to earth princesses we'd been given. Um, yes. You know, out, outside of, say, Tiana, I guess, in Princess and the Frog. But at the same time, with Princess and the Frog, there were a lot of people who were just like, I, for some reason, we talked about this when we saw, when we watched it. I, I don't know why that movie doesn't get more love than it gets. Mm-hmm. And, and and the same thing with Tangled. Like this thing just comes out and it completely tended to overshadow Tangled. Um, it did. And and so this is definitely going to be the thing that defines this era and this period of 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 Disney films. But I don't know that that makes it. I don't know that that means that it is the best since the Renaissance. And so, True, and I, I think there's also something else. I think there's a lot of people that love the music from this movie and they love to sing the music and all that stuff, but they don't rewatch the movie as much, whereas they may rewatch Tangled more. Mm-hmm. But I, I agree with that Frozen has a better soundtrack than Tangled. Yeah, I agree overall, with that as well. Overall, I, I agree mean, with that as well. Tangled has some great songs. It They have like two that I can think of really good songs, but frozen, like all of them are just amazingly fun to sing and to listen to over and over. I listened to the, the soundtrack on the way home from work. And there's only one song in the frozen soundtrack that I don't like really attach to. And we'll get there, but the rest of them, I'm like, yay. Well, and Riley, you mentioned, and, and it's a great point that doesn't need to be overlooked. You mentioned the the experience that comes to the table with this, and you couple that with the re-singability of the songs, and what yeah. you have, and what you have is a movie where the experience continues beyond just viewing it with friends and that sort of thing. It goes, it carries into riding around in the car. It car- it carries into moments like we had in Austin. It carries into just being able to say a line from a song, and then before you know it, everyone's just singing the song, uh, you know, uh, annoyingly or otherwise, and 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 there it is. And so I, I think that's a big part of it as well, you know. Um, and and granted, critics know more about movies than we do. They you know they are lords and masters when it comes to being able to uh, tell us if a movie is good or not. But um, in this instance, that was just a statement that stepped out to me, and I knew we could have some good discussion about it because. I think that when you start dealing in that type of definitive statement of the best sense, it, you know, then it's fun to kind of break it down and say, now, wait, what have we come through since we've been here? And I will say this to the Winnie the Pooh situation. You know, one of the things we talked about with Pooh Bear was that movie was way too short. And, yes. And, and had they... I still haven't seen it. Uh, oh, gosh. Okay. Situation, up. that situation will be rectified in like less than a week. <laughs> and it was a big adventure. Ah, well, I know, like the Tigger movie. By the end of the Tigger movie, you'll be in tears watching that. And and I feel like had had Winnie the Pooh had that super intense, you know, emotional moment with like he and Christopher Robin or he and whatever, then I think it would have probably pushed it over the over the line for me to be like, well, that's the one that really got me the most. But um, but but you know, as far as that goes, I'm telling you, even knowing that the parents were killed right out of the gate in this movie. The thing that gets me the most in in Disney movies of this era is that scene just before they go light the lantern with the king and his wife entangled, and and that's and that moment alone being able to evoke the emotion that that evoked from me with no word spoken, um, 
just to me speaks volumes about the storytelling of Tangled. Mm-hmm. And I do think it all comes from like where you come from and like sure. what kind of things are really important to you, you know. And that's that's what's great about Disney is that there's so many movies to choose from. Mm-hmm. You know that that everybody can have a different favorite. So let's kind of jump into the plot of this movie. Did any of you ever ask, like, why Elsa has cryokinetic magic? Or did you just, like, accept the fact that, like, okay, she's got ice magic? All right, let's 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 talk about the term cryokinetic. <laughs> Someone... Mr. Freeze. <laughs> Someone's been doing some digging around to find out the technical terms for things. Yes. Honey, <laughs> where's my super suit? Someone, some... <laughs> where's my super suit? Why do you need it? Um, woman, where's my super suit? Um, the, I, in, in stuff like this, I never question that kind of stuff. It's just magic. Yeah. It never even occurred to me. Okay, well, I wondered. Okay. <laughs> and I, I wondered, and, and just so we're digging into it. This is the manipulation of cold and ice and the ability to reduce the kinetic energy of atoms and thus reduce temperature. And it can be re- re- be used to control, generate, or absorb ice. Hmm. So. Like, uh, like Iceman from the X-Men. Other people who have this kind of power would be Iceman. Mm-hmm. Ice. Ice. Mr. Freeze. Tracy Strauss. Now, who is Tracy Strauss? I don't know. It's just what this thing says. It's Sub-Zero. Yeah, from Mortal Kombat. Tracy Strauss was on Heroes. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Allie Larder, my God. Now, wouldn't, wouldn't, uh, what is her name on The Flash have this, too? Oh, you're talking about Killer Frost or Caitlin? Yeah, she has cryokinetic, right? She sure does. Okay, so there we go. Mm-hmm. Now, Riley, Mr. Freeze does not have this ability because he uses uh, freeze guns. Ah, that makes, mm-hmm. makes sense. Same same as a Captain Cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So it doesn't come from his, from, his, uh, from his own ability and power. It comes from his technology. Mm. So let's talk about the fact that she has this power. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we know that she's born with it because the trolls ask, cursed are born with it, and she was born with it. And they tell her and her parents that she needs to learn to control her powers because they prophesize otherwise that she'll, you know, lose control and all hell will break loose, right? Yeah, but her parents kind of misinterpret the way they tell them to Thank learn to control you. it. Oh my god. Her parents This is the one thing about this movie that pisses me the F off. Okay. Wow. All right. Kids, earmuffs, kids. Oh go, Steve. And then go. Well, it's it's the misinterpretation of what the troll tells them so that then instead of because the whole idea, by the time you get to the end, and, and we talked about this in the history, the whole idea is that love overcomes fear. And what they do is they instill in uh, Elsa, a fear of her abilities, rather than the acceptance of who she is and being able to control those things. And you know, it's bad parenting. It, well, I do, here's the thing, though. I don't know that you chalk it up to bad parenting. I think it's they were doing what they felt was the best thing to do in this situation. That they didn't know any better. I mean, you have a child tomorrow that is able to manipulate stuff. You know, in the real world, that no one's ever dealt with that. 
And so here are parents that's never dealt with this, and so they're doing what they know to do. And unfortunately, I think they were trying to wait till a time when she would be old enough that they could kind of sit and work it all out, you know, and get her away and do some stuff. And unfortunately, they died too soon to really do all that. I think you're right about that, but I, I think that it's the key in this is that the message is all about fear. Yes, in they, the beginning, they it's taught all her about fear, and they were afraid of it. Mm-hmm. They were afraid because their youngest daughter got hurt. They yep. they probably weren't afraid of it before. Mm-hmm. It was probably okay, and obviously the girls had played before and all this stuff because she's you know made Olaf, and that's another power she has is the ability to animate stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that's called, but they probably weren't afraid of it until one of the kids got hurt and then Anna gets hurt and now they're scared of it. And now they're scared of Elsa's powers. And here's the thing. Elsa knows kids know. So Elsa knows that her parents are scared of her and therefore it scares her. And so she's afraid of herself. Well, then there's also a feeling she locked herself in that room. Well, sure. But there's also the guilt of she remembers hurting her sister, doesn't she? The only one that forgets is, is Anna. Yeah. And, and I mean, can you imagine being Elsa and like living in shame for like the majority of your life because you're, you, you hurt your sister and well, you love your sister so much and you know you hurt her and you're so afraid of hurting other people that you isolate yourself. And your parents didn't help any because they encouraged it, you know, and they gave her the gloves and the conceal it, don't feel it. Well, right. that's not going to help crap. Exactly. The whole that's idea. not going to help anything. Right. Hide it under a bushel? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, not only that, but it's also the idea of you know it, it it and it really helps that moment of when when let it go when she actually starts singing let it go it really helps that moment because she actually for the first time in her life since she was a tiny little girl truly lets go and enjoys her power and yes and that's what makes that song so powerful exactly exactly and but she's so powerful that she can give herself new clothes and instant braid hair and mm-hmm. i'm like wow yeah but she is. But you're right. The the whole idea of conceal don't feel is very frustrating. It was frustrating to me as someone. And Teresa, I know you come from this same place of working with kids, and it's very frustrating to to see parents do that because I have seen parents do that where they they assume the worst of the parents always tend to do two things absolutely wrong. Either one, they either say my child can do no right, or two, they say my child can do no wrong. And both are equally destructive to your child. Both are equally harmful to your child. And here, it's like, well, this just isn't good at all. There's no way this could be good. So don't feel this stuff. Conceal it. And that's the, that's their way of, of dealing with fear. And that's their way of dealing with the what they don't understand. You know, just, hey, don't worry about it. It's just, you know, cover it up. Sweep it under the yeah. rug. We'll deal with no, it later. Here's the thing. Elsa goes into isolation when she's eight years old. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't see Anna from the time that she is eight until she's 21. And Anna was five and is 18 when they finally see each other and talk to each other again. Holy garbage. Now, had they not seen each other or did they not just play and hang out? They don't. They they. Like, don't interact. From my understanding, the my interpretation of the movie is that they don't interact with each other, talk to each other, see each other, anything ever. Well, my interpretation is they just don't spend time together. Not, yeah. you know. Maybe. 
Maybe it's not as drastic as I make it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's. To me, it's not quite as drastic, but it's still drastic because you can you can be around people and still have yourself cut off from them. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, and that's what um, and that's what Elsa does. Is she still she's still there, you know? But she's just not hanging out. She's not spending any real quality time. Yeah, you, you know, it gets a little lonely with yeah. all those empty rooms. That's right. <laughs> okay. It's time to talk about Hans. Who is this Hans? <laughs> hmm. Did you guys predict the end of this movie? Not at all. No. Neither. I, I didn't either. I should have too, but I did not at all. I yeah. um, I sincerely expected uh, I expected the moment where they get back and Hans is there and Anna has to choose and. And she ends up choosing Kristoff instead. Oh, that would have been interesting. Mm. I did. See, I, I, did. I thought. I, I initially I thought like Kristoff would die sacrificing himself, leaving her with Hans. Mm. I just really didn't know, and I knew that I liked Kristoff more than Hans, and I thought Hans was kind of shifty, but I wasn't really sure. And then when we we're talking spoilers, people, when Hans just like leaves Anna to die, I was like, oh, Anna, I just like the one phrase. Oh, Anna was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Every time I saw the theater, there'd always just be a huge. (gasps) It I mean, I was angry. It made me pure mad. Now, you know, we should have been able to predict it, though, I feel, because there's that whole conversation between Anna and Kristoff where he's like, you were going to marry a man you just met? Have you even had a meal with him? What's his last name? And she's like, probably Um, John. Or what's his best friend's name? Probably John of the (laughs) Southern Isles. What's yeah. his favorite food? Sandwiches. You just know that because of a song, and you don't even know that that's his favorite food, silly girl. Yeah, but I just thought it, I chalked it up to she found someone as naive as her. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And, and but it was it was also I think it was Disney poking fun at themselves a little. Sure. Yeah. You know, and being like, ha ha! All of our princesses always just fall in love with the guy that they just meet. Ha ha ha! <laughs> so. You know, it's one of those things. Now, okay, let's see who else. We need to talk about Kristoff, of course. Do you guys like Kristoff over Hans? Please say yes. Just say yes. Of course. Even what? if you don't. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? I don't know. I mean, he's definitely hotter than Hans. Well, he's also the good guy. Yeah, and he loves his sleigh. And Finn. And spin. Now let's talk about that relationship. Here's the thing: are reindeer better than people? I mean, I don't know. Maybe no. for him, maybe until he met Anna. Aw. But he didn't really like Anna at first. I really don't think he did. I think Anna grew no, on him. No, he did. I he don't think did. they were. I don't think they were MFEO. I really don't. Listen, this 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 is the guy thing of like. Throwing the little insults and the little playful back and forth and the little digs uh, because he's totally, totally head over heels. Do you know this personally? No, I'm not speaking from experience at all. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. 
Uh, yeah, no, he's he's totally in her from the beginning. You really think? See, I don't think so. Steve, break the tie. Yeah, Christoph into Anna? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they first meet. Uh, I don't think they realize they're into each other. But I, I definitely think he's into her because, I mean, that's how the best ones start. Just kind of going. And yeah, Riley speaking from experience. I've seen him work his magic. Wait, no. <laughs> when Riley likes a girl, he walks away and says, no, I can't talk to her right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting uncomfortably accurate. Um. <laughs> but no, I don't know that he liked her immediately, but I do think it's that whole meet cute thing and, and, and a meet hate thing where it's like, you know, this is going to end up with them having feelings for each other. It's that classic, you know, boy meets girl, boy and girl don't like each other, but boy and girl will fall in love kind of thing. See, that's not classic for a Disney movie. I think it's it's classic starting at like Tangled or maybe Hercules. Yeah, but it's classic storytelling in, in like a chick flick. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, it's just there. That's the thing is, is Disney movies have gotten a little more grown up in recent years to where their storytelling is a little bit more nuanced than it used to be way back in the day. Because mm-hmm. the, the fairy tales they choose to tell, they don't tell them straightforward. They put their a little bit more of a modern storytelling twist on it. And that's one of the reasons that I look and I think, well, I don't know where this this renaissance period could necessarily come to an end. That Disney's going to have to make a huge misstep to do that. Um, because they've really done a good job of focusing in on storytelling and, and that sort of thing. So, um, so yeah. So I, I, I do think that, that this is, like I say, that classic idea of, you know, the best ones always start out this way. And, of course, I'm quoting there from Smallville. Mm. Now, can... What was that? Can we talk about two things really quickly just to get off track? Number one, I love the trolls. <laughs> I'd, I'd like the... I the like the way he walks. <laughs> I like or the... Or the grumpy way he talks. I just like their design. I like the way, you know, I, I like the way they do things. And that one that when when they're little kids and Sven and Kristoff are there, I'm like, shh, I'm trying to hear. And then and then Sven licks him and he's like, I'm keeping you guys. <laughs> um, so cute. But uh, that, and then, is this the shipwreck that Ariel explores? Oh. Where, oh, dang. Where do we stand on the... Wow. I hadn't heard that one. Okay, I have two more for you. Well, I, you've not heard that one, one, but their shipwreck is the one that Ariel is is always exploring. Holy crap, bananas! I thought that was pretty common knowledge. Wow. No, I had not heard that. What if it is? Bin. <gasps> oh wow! Let's say yes. That sounds awesome. That I like that. I do. I like that. Okay. All right, so now that you brought that up, are Anna and Elsa's parents the parents of Tarzan, and Tarzan is their brother? No, I don't think that. Yeah, that's a reach. Okay. Are, <laughs> is, is, yeah, is. is Who's? No. It's got to be, it's got to be your boy. Your mother. Is their mother Rapunzel's sister and their cousins? I didn't know that was a thing. Is that a possibility? It is a, it is a possibility. And we do see Rapunzel and Flynn at, Anna's cor- or at Elsa's coronation. They walk across the bridge. 
They are in the movie. So she wouldn't be Rapunzel's sister. She'd be Rapunzel's mom's sister or dad's sister? No, so so they would be... Rapunzel and Anna and Elsa would be cousins okay. because their moms are sisters. Got it. So... Huh. Now, uh, find a, <laughs> look, serious, seriously, find a picture of Rapunzel's mom <laughs> All right, I got and it. then their mom. And they look very similar. All right, shout out to Rapunzel's meal, real mother, not Mother Gothel. <laughs> Everybody, now just a shout out to Sketch 1027 in the chat. Says, the monkey is his uncle? Well <laughs> 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 <I> played, sir. <laughs> I'm looking right now. I'm trying to see if I can find a picture of them, like side by side. There, are, I'm, I'm, I'm not versed in the in the world of these Disney theories. I, I've I've seen some of them before, but it's remarkable how how. Um... Teresa, I'm surprised that you haven't heard that the ship is the one that wrecked and the little and the Little Mermaid was, um, exploring. And which movie is it where Aurora's parents are on the wall? Uh, is that this movie? I don't know. Huh? That's we, another one. Because we talked about it a while back that um, that there is a movie where where Aurora's parents are in, in a portrait on the wall. Hmm. I don't remember. Okay, I sent a link in the in the chat here. Um, not the chat in the Skype thing, but I'll also put it in the Mixler chat. And this has images of all of the all of the characters. Okay, so maybe not that. Rep- okay, so y'all need to go to this link. Where'd it go? Okay, so we've got a couple of images here. We have some images that show all three girls that show Anna, Elsa, and Rapunzel and showing sort of the animation in connected to their parents or connection to their parents. And then if you scroll down, you'll see a picture that is showing who is related or could be. So it could be that Rapunzel's mother is the sister to their father. Right. To the girl's father, or it could be based on animation style that there that Anna and Elsa's mom is her brother is Rapunzel's dad, based on the way they look. Okay, but now I think this one is very feasible. Yeah, but there's also a consistency to Disney animation and the well, way characters the are drawn. Fun out of it, Steve. Well, I'm just saying, like, when it comes to actually relating characters, I mean, that boat design is very suspiciously, and again, I don't have, my, my browser is being very, very slow. Um, but I would, I would Google the whole Frozen Little Mermaid connection. I am. I'm looking at it right now. Well, I'm trying to. It's hard to know what to Google other than just like typing in a, a see you know is this this, 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 this you guys you guys sitting there dancing around the real issue here and All that's right. the fact that uh, Hans is definitely Snoke so the, <laughs> oh wow well there that is there's that's a Snoke uh, theory joke everybody 
You're welcome. Oh my god, it could be the same boat. <laughs> See? Uh, See, Doc said put it in the chat, and it's, man, it's, uh... Wow. Uh, no, I hadn't... I hadn't seen that. Well, Doc mm-hmm. Zen says, is it theory or Disney is lazy and reuses stuff? No, it's... Disney used to reuse stuff, and we have... There's a great video that shows the different things of, uh, yeah. you know, some different animation sequences and stuff that be reused and that sort of thing. But this situation is more, I feel like, them intentionally doing some things and animating a boat and animating certain things certain ways so that there would be a connection but there's also a style involved there's also very much a a style and we've talked a lot about in the past you know you could see the stuff um in in the late 70s early 80s where don bluth was involved because it looks so much like don bluth studios down the road and whenever you see a don bluth studios film you recognize his fingerprints on those things and and so and we talked about it way back with fantasia and other things where the animals had a certain look and style to them that disney would carry through for years and years and years and years to have a consistent look and i think some of the human uh characteristics that's what that is but that boat situation Teresa, that boat i'm telling you i know that's crazy that's wow what, you know I tend to uh I tend to come down on the side of that's a pretty good opportunity to uh to do some stuff. It's um it's the the Disney cinematic universe. Mhm. All right, so we have two more characters we need to talk about before we jump into music, okay? Oh. We need to talk about Olaf. Well, this I is I feel like he would be your favorite character, Steve. Well, this is Josh Gad's big uh introduction to the world, isn't it? This is um this is that character that that captured a lot of people's attention. He had some of the best lines. Uh, he was, you know, he got he got the funny moments and everything, and he had some of the most heartbreaking lines. Some people are worth melting for. Um, he also had the line that was, "Oh look, I've been impaled." <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I I've got to go Sven o- over Olaf for me as far as favorite characters go. Yeah, I would say I'm Sven too. Yeah. I do like Olaf. He is entertaining, but I do love Sven. I just love Josh Gad's kind of dry delivery. <laughs> it's great. Oh yeah. yeah. It... Good. He was outstanding, don't get me wrong. Like I, I'm not trying to take anything away from Gad in this. I loved it. I think it's a great great character and you know, he it's a great addition to the pantheon of you know, funny supporting characters, you know, that for me go back to Scuttle um, or Orville, um, you know, from the from the uh, rescuers down under and everything. But but, you know, particularly Scuttle from Little Mermaid, watching those movies back in the day, I'd watch. and I'm like, well, these are the characters I like the most are these funny little supporting characters. And he is a great addition to that type of character, the, the side character that's just kind of there for laughs more than anything. And um, and he's fantastic, but he also plays such a huge part, you know, throughout the movie. Once he comes back and he's and he's alive, you know, it's a it's a whole different ball of wax with him as much as he's around. So, but I do love him. He's he's a trip now. Don't get me wrong. Okay, two other little side characters you talked about funny characters. The Duke of Wesselton or Weaseltown, played by Alan Tudyk. I just had to bring that up because mm-hmm. Alan Tudyk is now in Star Wars, and that's awesome. 
And he did an extended impression. Uh, I say impression. He did an extended bit at New York Comic Con as the the Duke of Wesselton. It was great. <laughs> well, he kind of affects that whole Duke of Wesselton a little bit, doesn't he? In Transformers Three. Oh yeah. Yeah, you're right. I hadn't really thought about that. I always forget how much stuff he's actually done. I mean, let's just it's start. Like a lot. Let's just start with a Knight's Tale. King Candy. <laughs> King Candy. That's probably my favorite. Maybe after K2SO. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay, and the last character I want to talk about really quick, because I just love everything about him, is Oaken. Hello. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) He is funny. He may be my favorite, by the way. That's actually not a bad choice. If I'm just being honest, like he is the one that sincerely made me laugh the most. And uh, let me see if I can pull up a little bit here with old Oaken. He's great. Wandering Oaken's trading post. Ooh, and sauna. Big summer blowout, <laughs> half-off swimming suits, clogs, and a sunbomb of my own invention. Yeah? Oh, great. For now, um, how about boots? Winter boots and dresses? That would be in our winter department. There's nothing there. Oh. <laughs> um, I was just wondering, has another young woman, the queen, perhaps, I don't know, passed through here? Only one crazy enough to be out in this storm is you, dear. You and this fellow. You and this fellow. (laughs) (laughs) Yoo-hoo. Big summer blowout. (laughs) (laughs) He's so funny. Uh, Yoo-hoo. He's really funny. I want more more of him. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, Yeah. Do you think he? Uh, you think he'll be in the the Frozen short? Probably not. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> they might go and visit him to find out what his Christmas traditions are. Mm-hmm. That uh, would be really cool. I love the um, the knock. Just knock. Why is she knocking? Why isn't she knocking? Did you think she knows how to knock? Now, can we talk about the voice talent in this for, uh, like, our core three? Kristen Bell was amazing as Anna. And I adore Kristen Bell. Every I love everything she's in. She's hilarious. Her and her husband are just fantastic. But I loved her in this. And her line delivery was great. Yeah. She was so good. We've talked about... I think we talked about... I don't... Tr- Teresa, we've talked on and off about this film since... We started the show, and yeah, and and one of the things that I've said, I, th- I feel like I've said it before, is her comedic timing. As you said, her line delivery is fantastic. She's got great comedic timing in this. Mm-hmm. And then Idina Menzel, obviously, as Elsa. I think she does a decent job. I mean, I think they've really hired her for her singing chops. Adele Dazeen. Uh, yeah, but she she is a great Elsa. Now, Jonathan Groff, this was one that I was sort of like, 
oh, okay, they picked this guy before when I saw the movie and everything because I know him from Glee and he was a jerk in Glee. <laughs> and so I was like, whatever, he's going to be Kristoff. Okay. And so then he's Kristoff and I see the movie and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> he's okay. <laughs> well, I think I like him now. Teresa's is that person that actually ascribes people who act their personalities <laughs> that they acted like. They must be yeah. they must be a jerk because they played one on TV. That's not true. I just do that with some people, like Leonardo DiCaprio and Jonathan Groff. So, speaking of, you said before we get to the to the music, Riley. When does this actual video? Is there you had a specific... You sent it to me at a timestamp. I the, did. Is that where I, I need to start it? it? You're most welcome. Right there, sir. Okay. Well, then I've messed up. I'm sorry. Oh, 2.17. 2.17. All right. This is one of my favorite things okay. ever. This is, uh, this is one of Riley's favorite things ever as we segue into the music. Come around with me on this segue. This is Marines watching Frozen. U.S. Marines. They were into the okay. They when she starts singing the "Let It Go," they busted into "Hoorah!" So, and what's funny, the moment that you specifically have to watch for is that they've seen it so many times. It's when she unclips the hair braid and it goes down, and that's when. <laughs> hmm. All right. Oh come on, that's awesome! When she gets the new dress and the hair, and that's like, and that's what we they didn't were... even. We didn't even talk about the technology of the hair, but let me just tell you, well, that let's... technology behind that hair is insane. And how many strands and, like, just the, oh, my goodness. <laughs> now, was that something they did on everyone? Because, you know, there's that scene where Anna wakes up and her hair's kind of a That a was big old one frizzy of my mess. favorite scenes ever because, like, that's how women actually wake up. <laughs> they look like that. Just so you know, I had a, I had a, like, what? I had a roommate back in the day and he went to, uh, we, they were at a pet store and he's like, I almost bought this Guinea pig that was down there. And I'm like, why? And he's like, well, we'll have to go see it. He's like, but it reminds me of you. And I'm like a Guinea pig. And so we go to the pet store one day. I don't know why we went to the pet store and he's like, see this Guinea pig. And I'm like, yeah, he's like, that's what you look like when you wake up in the morning. <laughs> Cause it's hair was just like everywhere. It's little fur was just all over the place. I'm like, okay. All right. I have something for you. Okay, so there were some tools that were designed to help artists complete complicated effects, in, which included spaces. This was a program which allowed Olaf's deconstructible parts to be moved around and rebuilt. Flourish, which was a program which allowed extra movement, such as leaves and twigs, to be art-directed. Uh, one called Snow Batcher, which helped preview the final look of the snow, especially when characters were interacting with an area of snow by walking through a volume. And Tonic, 
which enabled artists to sculpt their characters' hair as procedural volumes. Tonic also aided in animating fur and hair elements such as Elsa's hair, which contains 420,000 computer-generated strands, while the average number for a real human being is only 100,000. Mm. And we will talk more about hair when we get to Moana. That's why I had to bring that up now. Well, Teresa's just laying out the old teases for future events tonight, by the way. There is a whole special behind the scenes about Moana's hair. Oh, wow. Yeah. I have not yet watched Moana. Oh, my gosh, Steve. Hmm. You need a, you need you see just like I said you should watch Frozen you need to watch Moana. Well, I will. I mean, we'll be I talking about like you, it. I feel like you would like it more than even more than Frozen. Well, we'll yes. be talking about it soon enough, so I'll watch it, guys. Calm down. All I'm right, not, I'm it's not time it. for music. So before, yeah. I have some things. So the songs for Frozen were written and composed by the husband and wife songwriting team of Robert Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez, both of whom had previously worked with Disney on Winnie the Pooh in 2011, and they had also worked with the Disney Parks on Finding Nemo the Musical. Now, they were very aware of the fact that their work would be compared to that of something like an Alan Minken or a Howard Ashman. So what they would defer to when they felt lost was, what would Ashman do? They actually wrote 25 songs for the film and only eight made it into the final version. Has a magic can be controlled Stronger than one, stronger than ten Stronger than a hundred men Born of cold and winter air And mountain ring combining In a mine, in a mine For a million What? Hi-ho, hi-ho What? (laughs) That's good But hey, good opening number Great opening number for this Uh, It sets up the look and the feel of the ice and everything, and it just, and and it's just, it, it was classic. It was just a classic Disney opener is what it was, guys. Oh, my gosh. Good talk. <laughs> Sorry, hang on. <laughs> I just got it. I just, Kurt, behold the curtain back. I just got a text from my nephew Nathan who's like just under six foot of a picture of my nephew Luke who's almost as tall as these dolls at Target of Anna and Elsa or he is he's taller than them but they come up to his shoulder (laughs) it's so funny no I love this opening song it is one of my favorite pieces of music from Frozen it reminds me of like the openings to like Pocahontas that's in the Little Mermaid which are these like chorus of just singing and setting up the scene and where the movie is taking place and it's just epic. Like the that opening scene on the water from Little Mermaid is like this one. Mm-hmm. Doesn't Pocahontas kind of open this way? Did you mention Pocahontas? Yes, yeah, I did. Uh, I feel like the, and, and I feel like if you go back, there's a lot of old Disney movies that open this way, or or at least even some of the shorter movies and stuff, the shorter films they do and stuff would have this kind of thing. It makes it, you know, the whole Dumbo circus scene, you know, when they're mm-hmm. tearing down the circus and everything, it's that same kind of thing. And, and so, yeah, it, it definitely has that classic feel. And of course, as, uh, 
is Riley brought in in a mine. Now, there's some lines in this song, okay, mm-hmm. that are important. They say, ice as a magic can't be controlled. Stronger than one, stronger than ten, stronger than a hundred men. Because they're talking about, you know, how dangerous ice can be. And then at the very end, it says, there's beauty and there's danger here. Split the ice apart. Beware the frozen heart. Hmm. Foreshadowing. <laughs> well, it's that old, uh, it's almost like a Greek storytelling where you have the chorus come in and kind of tell you what the theme and what the what the stuff's going to be all about. It, it, you know, very... Like in Hercules. Like in Hercules, like Hercules. yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like the witches in Macbeth, you know, in the Shakespearean play kind of thing. Look at us getting all intellectual. All right. Elsa? Wanna build a snowman? Come on, let's go and play. I never see you anymore. Come out the door, it's like you've gone away. We used to be best buddies, but now we're not. I wish you would tell me why. Do you wanna build a snowman? It doesn't have to be a snowman. Okay, bye. How sad. Mm-hmm. Now, Riley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I believe. Do you want to build a snowman? I I do. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> no, we. How <laughs> I can I can hold off till after you finish talking about the song. I, I, I can. Okay, I, so we're we're gonna do your stuff at the end. Okay. Very till the end. Yeah. Well, we sing while we do this. Yeah, See, Riley, we... come on. Yeah, come on, Riley. Gosh, this is why. It's the reason. It's the reason I have you on the show. I thought you were going to do something special here. What? What is? What is? The, what is the shoveling around that's going on there? I'm, I'm sitting at my sheet music. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, <clears throat> Are we doing this? Are we doing this? Is this a thing? We could try to do this one. We've never done this one though. No, I've I, hit listen. Oh uh, no, you don't have I mean, to do this one. We've sung it, but we've never you you haven't played this one that much. Uh, well. now we're not. I wish you would tell me. I mean, y'all can sing along with it. I'll let you out. Here you go. Do you want to build a snowman? It doesn't have to be a snowman. Oh, it. Okay, bye. Build a snowman. All right, I don't know what we're doing. I'm just I'm giving you guys the opportunity to sing along. Oh well, okay, all right. So here's pause it, pause it, pause it. Riley, Riley practiced playing. Do you want to build a snowman on his guitar? Well, he wouldn't start. Then you guys started backpedaling. It was behind me, and I was like, I thought we were playing it at like the very end after we finished the discussion. No, <laughs> no we go song by song, sir. Yeah, you just go right ahead and do what you want to do. I thought you had three or four prepared. That was a good lord. I, 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 okay, uh, well, sure. some of them we were just going to sing, Steve, but like, oh, yeah. did practice, do you want to build a snowman? All right, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lay out now and let you guys take it from here. All right, here we go. 
How's that sound? We sound good? We sound fantastic. Good? Sounds better than I could do. <laughs> Let's go and play. I never see you anymore. Come out the door. It's like you've gone away. We used to be best buddies, but now we're not. I wish you would tell me why. Do you want to build a snowman? It doesn't have to be a snowman. All right. Go away, Elsa. Oh, sorry, not yet. Go away, Anna. Anna. <laughs> Okay, bye. All right. Yay. <laughs> Yay. All right, Riley. Well done. <laughs> I'll give our remark. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's your sample. There it is. There's a. Uh... I'd like to thank my mom, my sister. Oh, good lord. They're on the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> that was the greatest. That was Do You Want to Be a Snowman? By Riley Blanton. The window is open. It was so that door. So that door. I didn't know I they didn't did, that, they did that, that anymore. We owned a thousand salad plates. For years I've roamed these empty halls. Why have a ballroom with no balls? Finally they're opening up the gates. There'll be actual, There'll be actual real, life real life people. people. It'll be totally, It'll be totally strange. strange. Wow, who am I so mad for this change? I don't know if I'm elated or gassy. Oh, that's when they're going to... Are they coronating her, that scene? That's what's happening, right? So they're getting ready to coronate Elsa, Mm -hmm. and so Anna's getting to go outside almost like for the first time ever. And she's like, the doors are open. I can go places. I can talk to people. So that's that song. So, all right. So, what is. I'm getting distracted by the chat. <laughs> and I'm going to have to. Uh, to start deleting I'm, people's. I'm afraid to look at it. <laughs> so, I've, I've, been, I've been accused of, of enjoying some Kool Aid tonight. And no, I'm not. I, um, I'm trying to let Riley and, and, and Teresa sing. They've been wanting to sing together. Uh, and now they have the spotlight, and they got stage uh, fright. Uh, All right. Well, this is to, okay. To be fair, Riley and I have sung different songs from Frozen, but there's one that we've really sung a lot. Sure is. Here. All right. There is. And oh, here. Hang on. Did we skip? Did we skip? No, we haven't. Skipped. No. Just kidding. I'm just going right down the list here. All right. So this is the one that I've heard you guys sing the most, I believe. Maybe. Maybe. 
Okay, can I just say something say crazy? Crazy. I love crazy. crazy. All my life has, my life has been a series of doors in my face. And then suddenly, and then suddenly I bump into you. I'm just thinking the same thing. Because, like, I've been searching my whole life to find my own place. And maybe it's the party talking. Or the chocolate fondue. But when you... <laughs> Wow. <laughs> it's hard because of the song. Yeah, the Skype delay works great. Yeah, too, yeah the Skype is not the Skype delay is not good and Riley's got some Skype ducking going on. Yeah. All right, let me just crank the music up. All right, so since I know that Riley's going to Austin next week, here's what's going to happen, Teresa. You guys have got to do a Facebook live. Yes. Hang on. I mean, it's crazy. What? We finish each other's sandwiches. Yes. <laughs> right. We did it. We did it. All right. Hang on. Wait. Jinx. Jinx. Jinx again. Yeah, you guys. No synchronization. I demand. I demand. None. I demand. I demand a Facebook Live video or something from you guys that will be posted in the Goloverse group from Austin of you guys singing together. We'll totally do it. Deal. It's a deal. This is this is the song, like, more than any of these other songs. Every now and again, they have a song that feels like a stage musical song to me, and that's what this song feels like, Love is an Open Door. Yeah. That's, that's and uh, But it's good, and, it, and I know everyone loves it because we finish each other's sandwiches and everything. But, but, um, is this your favorite song from the, from the movie, Teresa? This actually might be my favorite song, and I hate that it's with Hans. I pretend it's with it's with Kristoff because I don't want it to be Hans. Do you want to build a snowman? I think is is the is the best song in the whole in the whole soundtrack. It is because it has that instrumental part to it when their parents die, and then there's the part where she comes back and she's like, and it's so well written. Yeah, she's like, I know you're in there. Yeah, People that, are asking where you've been. That third verse, have courage and I'm trying to. Um, it's just like, ah, it gets me every time. Yep. Mm. Yep, yep, yep. Although, there is this whopper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let it go! Let, Let it go! <laughs> Thank you. I just figured. Thank you, Riley. I was waiting on it. You're welcome. You're welcome. Snow glows white on the mountain tonight Not a footprint to be seen A kingdom of isolation And it looks like I'm the queen The wind wind is howling howling Like the swirling storm inside Couldn't keep it in Heaven knows I've tried This is my anthem don't let, let them in. Don't, don't let them see. You the good girl. You always have to be. Concealed. Don't let don't them see. Don't let All right, everybody, get ready. I'm about to crank it up.
All right, here's my question. Did Celine Dion ever do this song? I wish. <laughs> let it go, let it go. No, Riley, we don't, this is not a safe place to make fun of Celine Dion, sir. <laughs> okay, sorry. I'm just going to tell you straight up. Just, I crossed that boundary. Sorry. I mean, look. Okay, good, good. Go back. Go to the line where she's like testing her limits and stuff. Oh, my Lanta. <laughs> Teresa. I've... I love that line. I love that part. It's funny how some did This part you mean? Makes everything yeah. seem small. And the fears and ones controlled me. Can't get to me at all. It's time to see what I can do to test the limits and break through. No light, no rope, no rules for me. I mean, you gotta get you gotta get your goozle up to sing this song. By the way, I can't. Yeah, I know it's hard. Yeah, you this gotta. Song is so this is, hard. This is, I'm not gonna lie. This is a good Steve Blossom song. This is a good. <laughs> <laughs> Goozle's up, everybody. Let it go. Let it go. Yeah, you you can really uh, rock out with it too. Oh man. So once again, Slow Browser, for whatever reason, is keeping me from Celine Dion, and it's really irking me. So we're going to go oh. on here to uh, <clears throat> to the age-old question, are reindeers better than people? I got you, Steve. Reindeers yes. are better than people. I'll do Finn. Finn, don't you think I'm wrong? No, wrong. Finn, don't you think that's true? Oh. Oh. Okay, go, back. go back, do it again. <laughs> no, you the one take. I'm the one take, Jake. <laughs> no, no, go back. <clears throat> Reindeers are better than people. Sven, don't you think that's true? Hmm. Good. Huh? Yep. Yeah. Right. People will beat you and curse you and cheat you. Every one of them's bad, except you. <laughs> um. But people smell better than reindeer. There's your line. Spin, don't you think I'm right? So what we're learning is... That's once again true for all except you. (laughs) So Riley's got the chords, just not the lyrics. Yeah, Teresa's definitely got me beat on that one. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie at all. (laughs) Don't let the frost bite. Reindeers are better than people. Sven, don't you think that's true? Yeah, people will beat you and curse you and cheat you. Every one of them's bad, except you. Oh, thanks, buddy. But people smell better than reindeers. Sven, don't you think I'm right? That's once again true for all except you. You got me. Let's call it a night. Good night. Good night. Don't let the frost bite. Wow. All right. 
There that is. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, there that is. Um, that's, that's a good one. You know what another good one is? What's that? Oh, wait, what's the key? Kid bees, oh buzz, kids will build in the lion fuzz, and I'll be doing whatever snow does in summer. <laughs> A drink in my hand. I, we're not in the snow wrong. Snow up key. against the burning uh, sand. Uh, Probably uh, getting uh, gorgeously uh, tan. tan. In summer. <laughs> I'll finally see a summer breeze blow away a winter storm. And find out what happens to water. Or when salt water when it gets warm. Warm. And then, let's see. Um, probably my favorite part. Winter's a good time to stay in and cuddle. Put me in summer and I'll be a happy snowman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless old Olaf's heart. He's so sweet. So now dumb. you have to play the real one because we just totally butchered them. <laughs> By butchered, you mean murder? Yes. Really? I'm guessing you don't have much experience with heat. Nope. But sometimes I like to close my eyes and imagine what it'd be like when summer does come. <sighs> Bees the buzz, kids will blow dandelion fuzz, and I'll be doing whatever snow does in summer. In my hand, my snow up against the burning sand, probably getting gorgeously tanned in summer. I'll finally see a summer breeze blow away a winter storm, and find out what happens to solid water when it gets warm. And I can't wait to see what my buddies all think of me. Just imagine how much cooler I'll be in summer. The hot and the cold are both so intense. Put them together, it just makes sense. Winter's a good time to stay in and cuddle, but put me in summer and I'll be a happy snowman. When life gets rough, I like to hold on to my dream. Relaxing in the summer sun. Okay. That's great. Well. Ah. Awesome. All, I'll tell you, all there is is a uh, is a fan made version of Celine Dion, which apparently makes her lip sync uh, Demi Lovato, which is just a crime. That is a crime. That is a crime. Oh, I I can't so believe we that we have we have one last song to do, just fix her upper, and then we do need to talk about that Demi Lovato song. Do, do we? Yes, we do. Well, I was going to ask. I like Demi Lovato, and we always talk about the the ones that are done that are by the. The celebrity people. Yeah. What's the issue, dear? Why are you holding back from such a man? Is it the clumpy way he walks? Or the grumpy way he talks? Or the pear-shaped weirdness of his feet? And though we know he washes well, he always ends up sort of smelly. But you'll never meet a fellow who's as sensitive and sweet. So he's a bit of a fixer-upper. So he's got a few flaws. Like his peculiar brain, dear. This thing with the reindeer that's, that's a little outside of nature's laws. 
So he's a bit of a fixer-upper, but this we're certain of. You can fix this fixer-upper up with a little, little, little. Can we please just stop talking about this? We've got a real, actual problem here. I'll say. So tell me, dear, is it the way that he runs scared? Or that he's socially impaired? <laughs> like to tinkle in the woods. <laughs> I, uh, I'm socially impaired, so I know how that feels. Bless it. I love this one line. Are you holding back your fondness to his unmanly blondness? <laughs> <laughs> oh, cute stuff. So do you guys prefer um, Adele Dezines or Demi Lovato's? I prefer Adele Dezines, but I do like Demi Lovato's mm-hmm. version. Um, it's a little different. It's a little lower key. It's not as hard to sing. Oh, yeah? Let it go. Let it go. Wide on the mountain tonight, not a footprint to be seen. A kingdom of isolation, and it looks like I'm the queen. The wind is howling like this swirling storm inside. Couldn't keep it in, heaven knows I tried. Don't let them in. Don't let them see Be the good girl you always had to be Conceal, don't feel Don't let them know Well, now they know Let it go I think I like the movie version a little bit better than the pop version. I like the movie version better. And Carissa was saying that it's higher. And I was kind of talking about like mainly like the mainly like let it go part. Uh, but I do have to drop in like an octave to sing let yeah, it go. You're dropping because, the octave to make it easier. Because it's too, it's too hard. So like at certain parts when I'm singing let it go, like I mm-hmm. match... And then we get to the high let it go parts and I go low. I just <laughs> like, how about down here? Well, I gotta be honest, Carissa said something earlier in the chat that really kinda disturbed me because she said something about drop the goozle and and she said to do something to the cord and it doesn't sound nice. She says drop the keep the goozle down and and I just don't want to repeat what she said to do to the cords because I don't know if it was a typo or not, and it was really weird. But uh <laughs> But I gotta keep my goozle up and do it rock and roll style. Let it go, let it go. You know, really just bust it out there. Listen, I, I think Rock Sugar needs to do Let It Go. Oh, I think it'd be amazing. Now I did in trying to find Celine doing Let It Go. Have you found any other versions of Let It Go? Like I wonder if there's like a rock band that's done it. Oh well, I mean Pearl Jam did it at a concert. Oh really? Oh my gosh. Yeah, Eddie do Better it. did it. Yes. Well, hold on real quick. I want to do this one first. This is Christina Bianco, who is a she is um, she does an all star version. She does uh, vocalist impersonations, so she goes through Adele, Adele <laughs> Zine and Demi Lovato. She does Britney Spears, Alanis Morissette, Celine Dion, and, and others. So uh, let's see here what she's got on this. I don't. I've never heard this. I'll start with Adina. 
Thank you. Celine Lick, she just did, by the way. I appreciate this lady. Well done. That, well done. That Alanis was good, too. All, All right. right. I got to put in one more request, Steve. Yeah. Uh, just like like 15 seconds of what I just threw in the chat. It's this um, African tribal rendition of Let It Go, and it is amazing. All right. All you need here is like the first 15 seconds. Okay, well, here is the Pearl Jam. This is from oh. a concert a while back. So that he and he and he, he tagged that on to "Don't Call Me Daughter," not fair to the pictures kept will remain me. Um, and that was live, and someone had caught that, and that kind of went viral for a minute um, when that came out. All right, so this is the one that Riley just gave me. That's actually pretty cool. That is really cool. It is yeah. cool, but it's funny because Daniel and Indy in the chat said this is when Simba shows up. <laughs> well, yeah, it um, it really, 
It it sounds. I've got a. Uh, I've got it. Did Did you ever get the rhythm of the Pride Lands album back in the day, Teresa? No, but you talk about it a lot. Oh no, I don't. Ta- I've not talked about it in ages. But that's what it sounds like. All right. Okay, I put a link in our Skype chat for the Pentatonics version. Oh. And then I also found a metal version. <laughs> I am over Pentatonics. <laughs> Pentatonics, everybody. Pentatonics, so great. They're the best. <laughs> Look at them. They don't sing with music. They sing without music. It's fantastic. Pentatonics. Fantastic. The snow glows white on the mountain tonight. Not a footprint to be seen. A kingdom of isolation. And it looks like I'm the queen. The wind is howling like this swirling storm inside Couldn't keep it in, heaven knows I tried Yeah, I mean, that's just typical. I, look, I love good acapella music, and I understand they're amazing, but to me, that's just the same old stuff. All the, they all sound the same, if I'm being honest. It was cool when they did John Williams as the man. Yes. It was cool when they did Star Wars. Right. John Williams is the man. Uh-oh. Anyway. Mm. Well. Metal cover by Leo Maracilio. Yeah, it's weird. All right, but I'm not going to listen to it then. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little weird. Um, uh, I will say this. There was a point where I did hear the song enough to where I, I, I had to take a break for a while because it was losing well, sure. its impact. It was so oversaturated. This is uh, someone doing impersonation as a bunch of voices doing. See if y'all can recognize. See if this guy, how good this guy's impersonations from Disney and Pixar voices. Okay. The snow glows white on the mountain tonight. Not a footprint. Captain Barbosa. Nice. And it looks like I'm the queen. Wait, what? The wind is howling like the swirling storm inside. He's saying that scar. Couldn't keep it in. Heaven knows I tried. Meh. Don't let them in. That's Don't <laughs> let them see. <laughs> That's rise from monster things. have to be. That's seal. Don't feel. Don't let them know. Mike Wazowski. Go, can't hold it back anymore. It's pretty good, Lumiere, by the way. Let it go, let it go. Turn away and slam the door. That was supposed to be Cogsworth. I don't care what they're going to squirrel. That was Alpha. So, yeah, that was pretty good. Listen, you got to give Brian Hole props. He's doing it. He's doing what I wouldn't That's do. Cool. That's cool. So, um, and then uh, there's dance mixes all over the place. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, let's do at least one dance mix before we close out this thing. Everybody break it down. What? 
want to build a snowman. Come on, let's go and play. Yo, whatever. <laughs> Riley, that's not... <laughs> it's not a rap, it's dance music. So what you're doing right now is you're just getting your groove on, you're letting your knees kind of loosen up. Uh-oh. Yep, there it is. There it the is. Mm-hmm, the dance mix. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Aww. There's your dance mix. Mm. I know what I'm going to listen to when we're done. Yeah. But, oh, yeah? Is that what you're going to do? Yeah. Are you being sarcastic right now? No, I'm not. Oh, because right, I've got two or three on my computer from where I was doing a project a few years back. I want to find a playlist on Spotify of dance mixes of all like Disney songs. Just oh, they're out there. Oh. They're out there. And I know we're, we, we're, we're kind of at the phase of like all the, the, the frozen pop culture references, but there's one final one that we, we you have to reference, Steve. I, I, I don't want to give it any setup. I just want you to play about the 30 seconds. It's amazing. Okay. Well, it's going to take about 30 seconds to get there. <laughs> Especially uh, with an suffice ad. Suffice to say... Oh, I was just going to say, suffice to say, uh, this guy recut cuts trailers to films in the way that they do other sure. trailers. And it's pretty good. Awesome. This is if Frozen was a horror film. <laughs> do you want to be a snowman? <laughs> <laughs> oh. What have you done? It was an accident. Your power will only grow. We'll protect her. I don't want to hurt you. They put a sepia tone on it. It darkens all the colors and stuff. It's... Play it out. Play it out, Steve. <laughs> oh. Just all the imagery and stuff. Frozen. Do you want to build a snowman? <laughs> <laughs> That's actually pretty good. That's some good stuff. So, oh, well, guys, we've talked this and sung it to death. It's been an extra long episode of the show. Everyone's tired of us now. Um, so, Riley, tell us about where people can find you. Uh, sure. Uh, StarWarsReport.com slash about. And that just takes you to the introduction to the Star Wars Report. We talk about Star Wars. You oh. like the Star Wars? Uh, it's all right there. And then if you want to follow the shenanigans I'm up to day to day, it's just on Twitter at the Riley guy. Thanks for having me on, man. It's Thank been a you. Teresa, what's next and where can people find us? All right. Well, coming up next for us is going to be big hero six. Yes. So excited. <laughs> so you can find us on email. We send us an email to vault talk at gmail.com. We do need to do a empty the mailbag episode, but send it anyway and we'll get to it and we'll read it on the show. You can find us on Facebook on facebook.com slash Disney vault talk and join the Gulliver's Facebook group by going to geekoutonline.com slash group. There are a couple of screening questions you have to answer before we let you in. I think, or have I done that on our group yet? Either way, there will be. So if it's not there yet, there will be soon. So make sure you answer those before I let you in. You're on Twitter, we're at Disney Vault Talk. On Instagram and Twitter, I am at Ice Cold Penguin. Steve is at Steve Glasson. And follow the Gullivers at Gullivers. 
That's right. And if you want to support the shows, you can do so by using the Amazon link. You'll find it at geekoutonline.com and geekoutpodcast.com. If you want to support the shows directly, you can go to patreon.com slash geekoutloud. We appreciate all of our Patreon supporters so very, very much. And uh, that does it for us on this episode. And that was a very short version of that song. Um, so we will uh, start. My something. bad. Take something else. Find something else. Well, yes. <laughs> Here we go. We'll do the reprise. The Great Thaw and the reprise. That's really sad. No, that's sad. We need something. Yeah. Let's go back to dance mixes. Okay, great. That's what. That was my original plan. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all of what I wanted all along. So, yes. So, anyhow. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, we appreciate your support in all of those ways. Riley, once again, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a blast, sir. It's always good having you on. And, thank you, sir. And I, and I envy you getting to go out and see your sister and hang out with Teresa. I know you, oh. guys, I know you guys will have a good time. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I, I imagine Teresa may or may not be appearing on the Star Wars report very soon your future i would expect it i would expect nothing less so well that wraps us up and we thank you all so much for joining us live in the chat those at mixer.com slash goliverse anytime we do a goliverse show nine times out of ten it's going to be live and we invite you to be a part of it by following us on the aforementioned twitter handles that Teresa gave mixer.com slash goliverse is the place to go until next time i'm steve and i'm Teresa. may all your days be magical yes and may all your wishes come true cryokinetic get your light sticks everybody here we go what's up disney bomb talk <laughs> let me see those hands let me see those hands let me see those hands white on the mountain tonight not a footprint to be seen